This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jetson's there, Billy did! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend.
swear you want me to just run over and keep Yes! We lose you, we gotta get a ball back! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Andy Takes That Chance Cult Heroes series. I'm Matt and joining Cozzy, Phil and myself, we have a man who signed for Huddersfield Town in 1994 from Southend United and went on to make 89 appearances for the club, scoring three times. He formed a solid partnership at the back with Lee Sinner and was an integral part of Warnock's Wembley Heroes in 1995. Give a big welcome to Pat Scully. <laughs> that's not a very warm welcome is it <laughs> i know it's like muted wasn't it how yeah. are you doing pat so how's how's everything going over there and have you been hanging in the last sort of 15 months or so yeah great i mean it's been it's obviously been a tough year for everybody isn't it but uh as i said we're getting there at the moment the last few months have been better a few things are starting to open up and the restrictions are easing off a little bit so i hoping we can go on holidays in the next four or five weeks with, with a bit of luck so but it looks as if we're, we're getting out of it anyway so please be to god absolutely um Right, so just before we get going, I think it's only fair to, to pre-warn you that I did speak to uh, a friend of the podcast and, uh, and someone that you'll remember, another Huddersfield Town hero in, uh, in Ian Dunn, to try and get some stories on you. But we'll, uh, we'll come back to that uh, a little bit later on. I've got um, some stories on him as well. <laughs> oh, feel free, tell <laughs> away, tell away. Tell away. So, Pat, just, I think what's usually a, a good starting point is if you tell us how you got into football, obviously growing up over in, in Ireland, just outside Dublin, wasn't it? So yeah. uh, tell us how you got into football and um, your early influences and, and heroes. And uh, and then we'll come on to the sort of Irish schoolboys after that. Well, I just I started with just a local team. Um, I would have, would have gone there when I was probably seven or eight. And I stayed with that team all the way through. I never really got picked. Um, for like the selections, you know, like the Dublin selection or the, the regional selections and stuff for that. So I never really kind of got a look in for anything like that at all. Like, and it was it was when I started getting to kind of 14, 15, a little bit older, um, that I got picked for the Irish international squad. And they were playing in, against Scotland, England and Wales. So we beat Scotland, we beat Wales, and we played England in Villa Park, um, and we beat England 2-1, um, which was a great result for us. We played really well that night. And, Kind of from that night on, it kind of changed a little bit for me, like, you know, because obviously Arsenal got in touch with me, Celtic got in touch with me. There was kind of four or five clubs that wanted to be come over on trial. And stuff. But I, I was 15, so there wasn't really much time for trial. It was more about kind of which one I was going to sign for. Um, but I went over with my mum and dad to Arsenal. And obviously with Liam Brady, Frank Stapleton, David O'Leary, Noel Quinn was there as well. There's a, there, there was a real Irish connection to Arsenal. And I really kind of liked it when I went over there. Pat Rice was the, the youth coach. Um, and again, he was from Northern Ireland. So, you know, again, it's a, it was a fantastic football club. Um, when you go over and look at the facilities and stuff like that and the way they kind of ran their youth system and they were giving young players a chance as well, you know, really it was a no-brainer for me. I just, I, I chose Arsenal pretty pretty quickly, like, you know, and I think it was literally a few months after that that I went, I went over there, like, you know. You must have been really thrilled to be picked up by them as well. Like you say, a massive club and, at that time as well, they've got Tony Adams. I think Steve Bold came 12 months later, like you said, O'Leary, Alan Smith as well. Um, what was it like to train with these players? And also, you know, George Graham as well. And obviously he probably wasn't as, yeah. as hands-on maybe as Pat Rice, but those are huge names, aren't they, from English football from, from that yeah. period. It must have been really exciting as a, as a youngster. I went at the wrong time. I should have gone to Arsenal a few years later when they had the shit back for. <laughs> I went when they had the best back four in Europe. But I, I mean, look, I always look at it and think, all right, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make that grade. Um, but it's as you said, that standard was extremely high. Um, 
And even the train, especially with the likes of Tony Adams, he was always very, very good with the young players. He was very good at me. He'd always help you and give you advice and stuff for that and all. And even to train with that type of player. But I always think with Arsenal, they give you a great ground towards, you know, how to behave and how to carry yourself and how to train properly and, and kind of play in the, in the right way and stuff for that and all. So it was a good schooling. Um, obviously, ultimately, it was disappointing that I didn't, that I didn't make it. But I think, I mean, I, I, pro- I think my progression was good. Um, for the first kind of three years where I, I kind of literally broke from the U team straight into the reserves. And then that's when we, <laughs> that's when the problem started. It was just so difficult to, to, to go from the reserves into the first team. And as I said, I always had a good relationship with George Graham, you know, and he, he always said to me, he said, look, you know, in Europe, they, obviously they, they have their scouting system and stuff like that. And he said, look, there's probably only one defender in the whole of Europe that I would sign that I think would be better than what we already have. And he said, that's how tough it is. <clears throat> to get into that force team, like you know, so I knew kind of coming towards 19, I'd been in the reserves a couple of years. It, it does, it gets a bit bored and you get a bit stale. So I knew it was coming to a stage where I was going to have to make a decision either to go out on loan or, or or eventually end up leaving. And that's what happened at kind of South End, you know, they kind of uh, they kind of asked me to go on loan. Um, and I think the difference is when you when I think, and I think all footballers will say that when you play reserve team football or whatever, there's a huge difference when you step up then and play in the league. Um, and there's crowds and obviously you're in stadiums and stuff for that and all and it's fantastic it's great like the buzz is brilliant like you know so I think once you've tasted that you kind of always want to you know have forced in football and but to be honest when when when, when my loan was finished at South End we, they, we were doing really well I think we had got up to second in the league um, and I didn't want to go back to reserve team football you know and as I said I had a good chat with George Graham and um, and he was very good about it. He gave me some great advice. And as I said, look, we we done the deal pretty quickly. And uh, you know, it was it turned out to be a really good move for me. You know, as I said, I think I left Arsenal at the right time. And as I said, we went to Southend. We 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 were very successful. We had some we did some really good years there. Because mm, obviously, doing the research for this podcast, I had a look at that Southend team. So you joined them in in 1991 after a couple of loans with uh, Preston and Northampton. And I'm looking at the Southend side. You've played over 100 games there, which which is really which is good when you look at the likes of um, Dean Austin played there, you know, who was you know, a Premier League player for Tottenham for quite a while. Chris Powell at left back, you know, uh, who Huddersfield fans all remember. Spencer Pryor was a, a top, you know, top defender yeah. as well at certain points. Peter Butler, who uh, Huddersfield good fans mate, all Yeah, remember. he's good friends. We were good mates, me and Peter. We were yeah. really good friends. He's, uh, he's from Huddersfield, isn't he? Or yeah, he started under Mick Buxton at Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah so he's... Uh, I think he's still fond of fond of the club. Brett Angel, I think people remember, you know, a big, big, strong strike in Brett Angel and um, a certain Mr. Stan Collymore. Uh, you must have some interesting stories about some of these guys. I got. I have to say, I mean, everyone asks you about Stan Collymore because, and the thing is, I think I think Southend signed him for forty thousand. I think it was or something. Like, it was something. It was something ridiculous from Crystal Palace. It was like 30, 35,000 or something like that. And the first day he came up. If you ever stand beside him, he's six foot three. He's built like an absolute Adonis. As you know, he's just absolutely ripped, it's lightning quick. And we were kind of, you know, first impression. Like after half an hour, we were kind of looking at him, going like, "Are they for real letting him go?" Like he's he was just magnificent. Like great player, but he always had. And I got on great with Stan. I got on really well with Stan. I said I, I had a, I had an apartment in Southend, and he used to come and stay a few times with me and stuff like that, you know, you'd have to maybe go to a function or something like that. So we'd stay on bits of piece. So we all, I always got on great with him. He did have a little bit of a, a little bit of a flaky personality. You know, he definitely was a, a kind of personality that 
you'd have to put your arm around them and, and give them a little cuddle and stuff for that because like you know I, I always I always had a bit of laugh from when 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 he was doing really well um there was a game on the Friday night at, at home in South End and we were playing I can't remember who we were playing now but anyway he came in about an hour before the kickoff basically saying I don't feel very well I've got a bit of a pain in my head I don't feel great and that that's just the kind of character that he was and so the manager was trying to talk him around. I think it was Barry Freud at the time, and he was trying to chat to him and have a chat to him. So basically, after about 10, 15 minutes, I just picked his jersey up, walked over to him and said, look, Stan, come on, let's just go and play football, mate. So he put his jersey on, went out, scored a hat-trick. And I think Frank Clark's scout from Nottingham Forest, was, that was the first time they'd seen him playing. And I think they signed him then about a year later for three million. So really, it was me. Got him out onto that he should pitch. have been getting a slice of that. Though, I should have, exactly. That's what he said. That should be an agent's fee. But unfortunately, he still owes me. He still owes me a few quid. But I, I have to say, he was outstanding at Southend. Oh my, he was absolutely outstanding. Like he, he just, he had everything, you know. And definitely, um, he was definitely a Premier League player. You could see that from the very, very get go. Like you know, but he did, he did. Uh, he wouldn't have been the best of trainers. And as I said, he had a bit of a quirky personality. But he had, a, he was a good lad. Like you know, he had a good heart. And as I said, I always got on really well. I'm like. Uh, Cosley will remember this, Cos. I'll just throw this in first. And I bet you're going to mention what I have now. Is this cup the game FA Cup game? There was an FA Cup game in 92, oh, 93. Cosley, well. you tell the story because uh, you, you get fired in. And yeah, tell I, I remember being right excited about this game because I think we thought we had a good chance. Uh, we were in the same division then, Matt. You have to correct no, me. No, Southend were in oh, we were, we were, we second were tier and we were third, yeah. yeah. I just remember Colm, although I'll always just remember that game because he absolutely... Told us to pieces. Jacko, Jacko never recovered, did he? <laughs> Jackson's still looking for him now. I think. Yeah, he yeah, was. Well, I mean, look. That's. I mean, look. The thing about him as well, he'd done that to everybody. You know, at, at that level, you know, he was just unstoppable. He was just. He was. He was a Premier League player. There was no way he was playing way below himself at the level we were at. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think when you played in the cup against lesser teams, he just blowed him out of water. Like, he was just the thing. The thing about when we played, when when I played against him, I tried to intimidate him from the start. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Give him a few kicks and stuff for that, because he has got that kind of personality where, you know, he can he can go into himself a little bit, you know. And that's that's the only way I think you can kind of stop him if you can mentally kind of wear him down a little bit. Because if he's on his day, like he's just he has everything. He has absolutely everything, like you know. And as I said, look, I know he had a few problems later on in his, in his career, but I think the fact that he played. For Liverpool for so long. I don't know. Did he play for England? Yeah, I think a couple. Uh, he a got couple, a couple. Yeah. He got a couple of caps, didn't he? I think. He got about seven or eight. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he got a few, didn't he? Like, but he was definitely that level, you know. And, and as I said, as soon as we seen him, it was just when those we think to said, "Geez, he's going to go for a lot of money," and he did. I think it was three million or something he went for. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the best individual performances I've ever seen. And I think yeah, it was probably not topped until we played in the Premier League and Eden Hazard ripped us to shreds for Chelsea a couple of years ago. It was it was that good. It, you know, it yeah. was that's a good standard, isn't it? That's a good standard. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure he'd be happy with that one, won't he? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so um there's another little quirk as well whereby I think uh, you almost had a chance to uh, mark a certain Gabriel Battistuta, was it, in the Anglo-Italian Cup? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and you were... Uh, you were picked for a different game, I think, weren't you? I'm glad I, yeah, I'm glad I missed that one. That was that <laughs> I, I had. I, I think I had pulled me my hamstring slightly or something a few weeks before that game, and of course everyone wanted to play in that game because it was away in Florentina, and they I think they had been they were relegated for some kind of fixing thing or whatever it was and stuff for like that, and they had a centre half called Bruno who mm. had been done for drugs and stuff for like that, whatever he, he was he was going to get banned for like a year and a half, but obviously they had Rui Costa playing in midfield and they had Batistuta up front like. And I was kind of saying to Barry Froy, 
leading up to the game, I said, look, I'll be grand, like, I'll be fine. Like, you know, and he said, no, he said, look, I'm not going to play it. And I was going, like, I said, well, you know, I said, look, can I not even have a half? Because he said, no, I want to keep you for the game on Saturday. But we, I never, the, the centre half we did play was a fella called David Hells. Great lad, really nice fella, but he was 25. And so I was on the bench and literally, you know, you, I mean, we've all seen about the series, like he's modelled the, the hair and stuff like that. He didn't move for the first 20 minutes. Like he didn't move from just walking around, walking around, walking around. And then Rui Costa got the ball once, just knocked it straight through. Your man was gone. Batistuta was gone like a bullet. Buried it one in. I think he, I think they beat a strain in the end. I think he might have got two. But literally, he only moved when the ball was close to him. So, of course, I was sitting on the bench and I turned to I said to Barry Foy, I said, thanks for not playing me, by the way. <laughs> so, I'm better off sitting here than being out there. But, Barry, Brian, mate, you, we can't move on without mentioning that nut job, mate. We've seen the videos, we've heard the stories. Yeah. It matters. What? He's brilliant. You have to say, though, he was brilliant, though. You know, he was brilliant. He great character. Like, you know, he was brilliant character. And, you know, as I said, look, I think, I suppose, maybe, you know, you probably wouldn't get away with stuff, you know, now in football with the way the managers are now. But, you know, as I said, he was he was very, very good. Real enthusiasm. He loved football. Had a real love for football. Had a real, real strong personality. Real funny. Some of the stuff, my God, was hilarious. Like, but... Uh, that's I said, I think that was his favourite one. If you, if you had a bad game, he used to always come in after the game and he'd be throwing things at you and he'd be throwing things at you and he'd be saying to you, he said, like, were you in the pub last night? Were you drinking last night? And of course, everyone would turn around and say no. And he'd say, well, you should have been in the pub. And next Friday, get down to the pub, drink loads of whiskey, loads of beer, because you can't play any worse than what you did today. But he was just, he, as I said, look, he, he, he was very, very good at Southend. And I think uh, he'd done a great job there. you know. And then I think he went on to Birmingham, done, another, done a good job there as well. Do you know what I mean? But, I was about to say, Pat, isn't it ironic that he moved to Birmingham and obviously we'll come on to our promotion season, but they were big rivals and Barry Fry were leading that Birmingham yeah. charge against you. So it was kind yeah, of like... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I have to say, I got on great with Barry. I have to say, I was got on brilliant with him. You know, I, I, I always, I think I always kind of got better, got on better with, with kind of big personalities as managers, big, strong personalities. And I definitely had a great relationship with Barry. You know, he was, uh, he was top class, you know, he was top class. But... Uh, Definitely, um, that was it. Walking off that, walking off the pitch um, against Florentina. I'm sure it was three 0 but he was walking beside David Hells and could have given him a little pat on the back. And he went, he said, "I thought I'd done okay." I said, "I won all my headers," and I was looking, go, <laughs> don't even go into that. Don't even go into that. But it was it, it, that's I said. It was a shame I didn't play. But I mean, as I said, look, he barely made the decision, and that was it. He wasn't going to change his mind. Like. So let's come to 93-94 this this particular season. So this was a pretty wretched season for Huddersfield at the start. Uh, it was Neil Warnock's first season. Um, it was pretty bleak. We were, we <laughs> Barnett beat us at home that year, 2-1, which was, you know, it'll go down in infamy. I think it was the first game Barnett had won that season and it was about December or something. It, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. the best of seasons. And then slowly but surely, it started turning around and we went on this massive run in the Autoglass Trophy, which, you know, a lot of us will, will remember for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, we we were I think we were twentieth in the rele, rele, you know just hovering above the relegation zone yeah. as well and then and then March things started to turn around can, and this is where you came in uh, yeah. along with Tom Cowan you know similar time to Tom Cowan. Cowan yeah can you remember do you remember how that came about and I think there's a story isn't there with uh, with Neil Warnock about how he got you to sign as well oh yeah I that's I I, I Barry Freud had left um I can't remember who the manager was himself then but I wasn't getting on well with him at all like you know we we weren't really seeing eye to eye and. I was playing every now and again, but not as often as I had been under Barry, like, you know, and uh, 
I think, God rest his soul, Dave Wilson um, was at Arsenal with me. He was a physio at Arsenal when I was younger. And he, I think he must have said to Neil, he must have said to Neil, because uh, I got a phone call on the Wednesday night before the deadline from Southend saying, basically, we've agreed terms with Huddersfield Town. Um, you know, it's up to you. If, if you want to make the move, it's up to you. Like, you know, so I said, yeah, grand. He said, look, Neil Warren's going to call you in 20 minutes. So Neil rang me. And the first thing he said was, he said, look, Dave Wilson told me that he said you'd kick your granny if you tried to score a goal against you. And I said, I kick my granny, my mother, my daughter, my sister, the whole. I said, I kick them all. So we had a good chat for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, and I mean, like, you, you couldn't hear, you, even then you would hear stories about Neil Warnock. Do you know what I mean? You'd hear little bits and pieces and stuff for like that. So as I said, he was an interesting character. And um, and he, he was saying about, will you, will you, will you drive up tomorrow? Um, and we'll have a chat. He thought he, he mentioned about the new stadium and stuff for like that. So I said, yeah. I said, look, there's no problem. I said, look, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll meet you up there tomorrow. I think it was at 12 o'clock or something. So as I said, Peter Butler was a good friend of mine. Um, so as soon as I put the phone down for Neil, I rang Peter straight away and said to him, look, Huddersfield Town, I've agreed a fee with Southampton for me. Like, and he was going, you know, Peter, like, he sold fee. He was going, great place, brilliant, great, great, great club. He said, they're building a new stadium. He said, it's a sleeping joint. He said, that club ever gets gone. He said, it'd be magnificent. He said, I love that football. And then at the end, he just said, he said, but, he said, by the way, check the league. He said, they're, they're struggling a little bit at the moment. So when I put the teletext thing on, I think they were second from bottom. And even worse, I think four went down that year. Uh, if I'm not, I'm pretty sure that's right. I think that they were second from bottom and those four went down. So that made me a little bit, that made me a little bit edgy. And I was nearly, I was nearly going to ring Neil the next morning and say, look, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm bothered coming up, but I, I didn't want to be disrespectful because I'd agreed to go up and speak to the, to the man. So I thought, look, and to be honest, I was actually quite interested in just meeting him, you know. So I went up and I got there early. I mean, the four, the four, obviously the first thing I seen was the stadium, um, which was magnificent. Absolutely unbelievable. It was gorgeous. Like, and it just it just looked apart. And you think, oh, my God. Um, had a little spin around town. <clears throat> and then I met Neil. I can't remember. I can't remember who the chairman was. Was it Terry Fisher? That Terry time, Fisher, was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we, that's just said we met. We had a bit of lunch. They showed me around the stadium. Um, and it, it was really impressive. And I, was, and I have to say, I really, I really liked Neil. Um, from meeting him and talking to him and stuff for that, I said, you know, stuff he was saying was very positive and, you know, obviously, I rang Peter a few. T- I rang Peter Butler a few times. I rang home my mum and dad a few times as well. Um, so, you know, I have to say, I was I was kind of looking at it and going, you know, I I, I think I'll do it. I think I'll sign. Um, and I actually rang a very good friend of mine who was in the PFAI. Um, um, I won't name his name, but I rang him and just asked him, and he, and he said, "Look," he said, "Look, I'll call you." Actually, rang you back, and he just said, "Look," he says, "You've got to be realistic." He said. They're second from bottom. He said they've been down there nearly most of the season. He said if they go down, you know you're going to end up going from. I think South End at the time were like we were ninth in the in what would be the championship now. And he said if you go down, you're going to end up shipping. That's three divisions. You 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 you're going to drop. Um, he said he said look that's a risky move for you at the moment. He said you know he said look if it was me he said I wouldn't do it. Um, so I had to think about. It. I spoke to my mum and dad, and obviously me. And this was, I think, it was definitely on deadline. I was a panic boy on deadline day. It was like quarter to five, um, and Neil. There was no one else there. It was only Neil and only Dave Wilson. Did the, the brother had gone, and so we came in, and basically said, "I said, look, I said it's been great to meet you, Neil. I said I really appreciate the interest you've shown me and stuff like that." I said, "But look, I'm a little bit unsure of the position that you're in," um, and I just said, "Look, I said I'm going to stay at Southend." Till the end of the season, 
and I'll see where where that goes with me. And then I said, and if, if you stay up or whatever at the end of the season, I'll be more than happy to to talk to you again. I said, but at the moment, you know, I'm going to stick with Southend. And Neil just turned around and he went, no, you fucking aren't. <laughs> Which kind of knocked me back a little bit, I have to say. And I kind of went, I went, what do you mean? He said, he said, there is no way. I won't cost too much because he cost, he cost a lot. <clears throat> he said, there is no way you're not signing for us. He said, you, you are definitely signing for us. And he said, I'm going to tell you why. And, and do you know the most impressive thing that I liked about him was how straight he was. And he didn't say it was because of me or, you know, he didn't say, well, if you sign, we'll do this or if you, and make it all about me. He literally said himself, he said, I'm guaranteeing you. He said, I will not let this club get relegated. It's the best speech I have to say in my football career. It's the best speech anyone's ever said to me. He said, I guarantee you, you will, we will not get relegated. He said, I will not let this club get relegated. He said, and I'll tell you one thing. If you said, if you sign, we won't get relegated. He said, I'm telling you now, next year, I guarantee you, we will be right up there pushing for promotion. Now, when you think of where they were at the time, like that's a hell of a jump from nearly getting relegated to even thinking of get, you know, six, eight months, whatever, that you're going to be right back up the top again, like, you know. And Statement. To throw the cherry on top, he actually said to me, he said, and you see Southend, he said, when we go up, he said, they'll be coming back down. He said, they'll get relegated. And I have to say, we, 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 I talked to him for a couple of minutes <clears throat> and I believed him. You know, I, I have to say, I honestly did from what he said. I looked, I mean, for me, Neil, you know, to describe him, I know he's such a, a, a invasive character, but he's a winner. Like, you know, he's an out and out winner. Like, you know, and I, and I really liked him and I believed him. So I just said, look, yeah, go on, let's do it. We'll, 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 we'll get going with it. So I signed, um, that day, and that was a tour, I think, and I had to go back to Southend to get me football boots and stuff and all like that. So, you know, I, 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 there was a part we wanted to do. I think it was just a little bit of a worry of, I was quite, kind of, was it a good career move? But as I said, Neil, you know, he, he really reassured me that it would be okay. Like, and, I, and, I, and as I said, I did believe him exactly what he was saying. And, you know, I never regretted it. I said it was a great, um, it was a great couple of years we had. Ah, I was just looking at the uh, manager and it's weird because you matter what it, but Peter Taylor was your manager. Yeah, yeah. We, We've Peter done Taylor, we've done it someone with someone else on here who's not liked Peter Taylor and that as well. So he, he must when I think of Barry Fry, like an absolute lunatic, you know, <laughs> back to Peter Taylor, he looks like a school. Yeah. Mike Glennon to mention about Peter Taylor. Yeah, Matt Glennon, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the, the, the thing about the, the thing about I think, and I suppose look at it definitely football has definitely changed that But back back when you're going back whatever it was, 20 odd years ago, I preferred managers like Barry Fry was was very straight. You know what I mean? There was no, you know, there was no rubbish with him. He just basically come out and say you were shit today. Do you know what I mean? And that was it. You had to deal with it and, and get on with it like or whatever. And if you had a bad game, you'd have a goal with it and stuff for that. And all. As I said, look, he was, I wouldn't say, you know, as I said, tactically, he would just kind of walk more on going forward. He loved, uh, he loved forwards and midfielders. I don't think he liked defenders. But as I said, look, I, I always got on better with managers who were straight with me and, and like, me and, me, and Peter, me and Peter Taylor never really got on that well because I think he was more shadowy. Like, you know, he'd never give you a straight answer. He'd never give you a straight thing. As I said, look, you know, I, I don't think he overly liked uh, me that much in any way. Like, do you know what I mean? So, as I said, once I start, you know, missing a few games and stuff for that knowledge, I just thought to myself, look, you know, that's not going to, I'm not going to have this. Like, you know what I mean? Because I had really enjoyed it being at South End. It was great. It was a great club. Like, and we had, as I said, we'd been really successful. Like, we had a really good team. Like, you know, but as I said, look, that's football, isn't it? You know, managers have their own ideas of what they want to do and they, they like certain personalities and sometimes they don't like certain personalities. So I think the best thing to do in that situation is just get out. Like, you know, so, you know, the Huddersfield move came on bang on for me. Like, you know, 
Uh, did the new stadium have anything to do with your move? Or... Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, my God. I mean, the stadium was magnificent. You know, when you, you kind of look at that. And, and to be fair, I mean, I know Neil mentioned about that, that, um, that the Wembley thing, the autoglass, that was coming up, I think, was it in four, maybe four weeks? Yep. Four weeks after I'd signed the stuff for that. But I have to say, it was more, I, was, I, I mean, um, that stadium was magnificent. You know, when you walk around it and look at it, and you, you, you kind of think to yourself, look, you could be playing here, you know, next season. You know, it, that had a big part in it. You know, that had a big, big part in it. Like, <clears throat> because you're looking at the club and going, <clears throat> you know, it did have great potential. Like, you know, Peter Butler, what he said, it was a sleeping joint. Like, and I think a lot of people said that about Huddersfield, you know, that if they ever did kind of get up to a higher level, you know, they 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 definitely have the fan base and they'd be okay, like, you know. And definitely when you look at the stadium, you think to yourself, look, that, that's what it was geared for, like, you know. Pat, what a whirlwind start as well. I think you made your debut against Plymouth, um, just from looking at the bits and bats I've got. They were they were in the top two and we were 20th, I think, at the time. And we beat them. Conv- it was only 1-0, but it was quite a convincing 1-0. Yeah. Uh, things were st- really starting to come together at that point as well. Uh, and obviously Tom Cowan joined and we had... Uh, a couple of other players there. Can you know? I'm just wondering if you can remember your early days, and also within a month of you joining Huddersfield Town, you know, just just a month, we were then eight games unbeaten. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this is all you, but you know, this is. You all can you. if you want to. <laughs> but you know, you're obviously a major <laughs> contributor to this. But we went eight within a month, eight games unbeaten after, uh, and then obviously Wembley's coming along. Uh, Town's first appearance for 56 years at Wembley. Yeah. Um, just wondering if you remember some of the early days and you remember what the build-up was like to going to Wembley as well. And because this is yeah. obviously, you know, twenty-seven thousand Huddersfield fans, I think, made the yeah. trip to Wembley. It yeah. was Big time. Yeah. At, at that time as well. That was quite a large number, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It must have been a really exciting time, and you must have landed on, almost landed on your feet there and thought, well, you know, this is this is great. This. <clears throat> the, to be honest, the Wembley thing didn't really come into my thinking that much. You know, I was more thinking of of kind of. What, Nick, what, what Neil, what we, what we were talking about was making sure that we stayed up that season like, and then, you know, try and get promoted the following season. That was more what my focus was, you know. Um, and that's what I said. But he, I mean, obviously, that's I think he signed Tom Cowan, who is probably the only Scotchman who doesn't drink. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I think that was the counterbalance. He brought me in as an Irishman who does drink and he got the Scotch fella who doesn't drink. But like, <clears throat> when I, I remember when I first went, I, I knew um, Gary Clayton was the only kind of lad who I knew there. Because I played against Gary a good few times for Cambridge, and Clayton was a great lad, great, great, boy, great lad, great fun, great crack, great in the dressing room. And I kind of, I, as I said, I kind of gone to me. Now, when I signed, because I had to go back to Southend to get all my gear, I had to come back on the Friday after the match on Saturday. I had to drive back again to get some other bits and pieces sorted out. So the first kind of week or so was a little bit kind of up and down, like you know. It was but as you said, we won the first game. I remember, I don't remember who we played, but I remember. I remember we won that first game. And I always I always remember um after the game, um, me, Gary Clayton, um, and Ronnie Jepson um went into the bar. That was in Leeds Road, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Leeds Road, wasn't it? Yeah. So we, we went into the players' bar and I remember the three of us kind of sat sat in the corner and <clears throat> having a few I mean none of us we went, we went, we were we were driving, I think we we were, we were all driving home. But uh we had a few drinks, we had a bit of a chat and had a bit of a laugh and stuff for that and all and as I said, uh, you know, you could kind of see that's that's kind of where it kind of started a little bit from. I remember then we played on the Tuesday. Um, might have been Bournemouth, was it? Was it Bournemouth? Somewhere like that. <clears throat> and we won that game again. And I think when 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 we got back to to Huddersfield, it was probably like 
10 to 1, 1 o'clock in the morning, something like that, I think. And that's where I first got introduced to the legend that is Johnny's. Mm. Possibly the best nightclub. Did you used to go and drink at Castle Hill pub as well? Used to go to Castle as well, yeah. Used to go to Castle. I love Johnny's. As soon as as soon as we came back on that Tuesday night, and I think there was probably like four or five of us went in. There was like I think there was like eight people in the nightclub. And I love when I went in, there was a there was a fireplace and, and chairs around at the at the front. Then there was a then there was a kind of a dance hall at the other side. And then upstairs was a karaoke machine. And then I think at the top, the top there was like three three flights. So wasn't there? There was a pool table, wasn't? It? You might have seen my my auntie Bell used to go there as well. You might have seen her. I thought we danced for. But as, as soon as as soon as we went in there, we just we had a great we had a brilliant night. We had a great bit of crack. I that's I said. I was uh, <clears throat> we were up in the karaoke. We were singing. You know, we were having a dance and stuff for that and all. And as I said, it was a great bit of fun, a great bit of laugh. And then as I said, that's and I think. That that kind of started then after the games when when it when it kind of started with me, Jeppo and Clates, you know, then obviously I wasn't driving, but then all of a sudden then John Dyson would come over, Booty came over, Dunny would come over. And um, it kind of started to be after the games, then we were kind of getting more together like as a as a group, you know. And I think, I mean, look, I think one of the things that Neil had said that, you know, as you said, I think that was his fourth year there, and he hadn't got it the way he really wanted it, you know. And I think you know, I, I again, I had gone from a, a, a dressing room at Southend that was really, really good. You know, and, and to be fair, there was a few, there was a few probably lads in that dressing room that probably thought they were a little bit better than what they were, like you know, and, and carried a little bit, you know, a bit of a swagger, like you know. And I think those most of those boys that were there, you know, at Huddersfield were real down to earth, you know, just normal lads who wanted to work hard and you know probably came from normal working class backgrounds. And didn't think too much of themselves, just thought, look, we'll work hard as a team. And I think it started from there. Do you know, and as, as you that. said, we just yeah. got we just got on a kind of a run where you know we would we would win or we drew. Um and I think the only the only kind of I suppose awkward situation maybe you would say was when we when when we when we did go to Wembley. Um and we had played every game. I can't I don't I, I can't remember how many games we played, but we were unbeaten. And I remember I was half and half thinking of going to Neil and saying to him, look, you know, if you don't want me to play, because I hadn't played a game, I didn't play one game in that in that, in that that autoglass. But then I was thinking to myself, look, don't talk yourself out of a <laughs> Wembley appearance, do you know what I mean? Like, because I didn't realise Huddersfield would, would obviously get to Wembley that often. <laughs> we were there a year later. Like. But like, to be fair, I, I think what Neil, the way Neil was looking at it was, and I think, and, he, and he's probably right, as in towards a lot of teams who are down struggling, can have a little burst, win a few games, you know, and then maybe lose a game or, and then they can get sucked back in again, you know. And we had a chat. We had a chat. I didn't say anything to him with the team and stuff. Like he just said, no, he said, look, I want to make sure we keep going the way we're going. He said, you know, I'm going to pick the team that I want to pick. Um, and he said, and you'll be in it. <clears throat> so, you know, and I think that's where he was wary of. I think we, he knew that we had a bit of momentum going and he wanted to keep pushing that. And I think that's, why probably why he, he kept me in the team, you know. But as I said, look, it wasn't really, as I said, it wasn't my call. So, you know, it didn't really um it didn't really bother me, like, you know, but uh, it was a great trip. I mean, I, as I said, I think, as you said, it was probably a, a long time since Huddersfield had been there. So I think it was more about the supporters and about the club. And I, again, I think Neil was very clever because I think he built that again with the momentum of that we had started to do well. You know, now we had a, a, an appearance at Wembley. <laughs> so... 
I think all those things were, were, were starting to be more positive. Um, and I think, as I said, you could see the kind of group getting more comfortable with each other, um, getting to know each other better. And as I said on the pitch, I think that was shown as well, that we'd, we'd go out and we'd work very, very hard. Um, and we had some great fun as well. I have to say, we great, you know, we we great bit of crack. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you a story. The, the night when we went down um, to Wembley, we stayed in, I, 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 the gaffers were very superstitious, very superstitious. So we stayed in this hotel that he'd always stayed in before. So, so I was rooming with Gary Clayton and I can't remember, Clay, I don't know whether, there was, there was definitely three lads who couldn't play because they were either cup-toyed, suspended, or maybe they had played in the previous round or something like that. But there was definitely, and Gary Clayton was one of them, and I room with Gary. So <clears throat> we, we, we had our dinner and stuff for that and all, and obviously always playing the next day. So he was been a right pain in the arse. He kept moaning and giving out. And look, you can understand where he's coming from. He, You know what I mean? As a, to miss that an opportunity like that is, is frustrating, like, you know? So a couple of the other lads came, came, knocked on his door, and I kind of said to him, why don't you just go for a walk or something, go off somewhere else, like, do you know what I mean, and leave me alone, like, let me go watch the television, I'm going to chill out, like, you know. So <clears throat> off they went, <clears throat> about one o'clock in the morning, I get a knock on the door. So I've opened the door, and Gary, I, I can't remember who the other two, I can't remember who the other two were, they were dressed from head to toe, like the Blues Brothers, remember that film with John Belusi? They had the blue trilby, the shades, jacket and they had some banner over them or something like that the toy the whole thing and I was just I was in knots laughing I couldn't stop laughing and Clay Clay was just the funniest guy ever like so of course we're, we're, we're kind of standing in the hallway because the other two were thing and all of a sudden all you could hear was Neil Warnick going what the fuck's going on here the, the three of them have piled into the room two of them have dived behind my bed and Gary Clayton has jumped into his bed and pulled the sheets up over, over his thing up to his neck, so he can't see his stew. So Clayton is saying to me, answer the door, answer the door. And the gaffer is banging the door down, banging the door down. So I'm walking to the door. I'm still laughing. I looked I looked at Clayton, and he still had his shades on. So he's in the bed with a white sheet up to his neck with, with shades on his head. So he took them off, threw them away somewhere, opened the door, and gaffer stormed him. I was gone bananas. And... He, he basically was going to say, look, he was, I, I wasn't going to, he said, you won't be playing tomorrow. I'm going to find whoever was out. And Gary Clayton was going to say, no, he wasn't out. I didn't go anywhere. He was trying to pretend to be asleep and stuff for that. And, all. and I, I, I hadn't been out, but because I was, I couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing at Clayton. And I'm sure Neil Warnock was looking, probably thinking, he's more, he's drunk. I, I was, I was, in, I couldn't stop laughing. You know, when you get a fit of giggles, I was just in knots laughing. And Neil Warnock, he went bananas. He went crazy. So, we just threw, threw the two lads out and obviously we, we played the next day. But uh, Neil was good like that. Do you know, as I said, look, it didn't it didn't interfere in the game. Or not. Said, the lads weren't playing. So I went back to sleep five minutes later, like, you know, but he wouldn't make a big deal about it. And to be fair to the boys, I think Clayton went into his office on the Monday and said, look, <clears throat> Pat, Pat Scully wasn't out. He didn't go out. And Neil called me in and asked me, he said, what, what was the story? I said, look, nothing to do with me, mate. I said, I was just... You know, I was in the room watching television and stuff for that. So it was fine, like, you know, and it was unfortunate that we lost that game. Because um, I think, you know, I thought we'd done okay and we probably had a couple of chances towards the end of that game that we could have we could have done it, like, you know. I mean, I know, as I said, I scored that penalty, but, you know, it, it was a bit of a downer, to be fair, like, you know. I know it was a great day, great crowd. I mean, I don't know, I think it was 60,000 there, was there something? I mean, it was fantastic. And <clears throat> don't get me wrong, it was good to score a penalty, but... You know, I was the only one that scored, and obviously they won. So, 
you know, it, it was it was a little bit of a downer, like, do you know what I mean? It was a bit it was a bit of a sour taste after the game, like, you know. I don't think it, I don't think it could have been timed any better though, to be honest, because I I, I mean that was kind of like my when I first started Sporting Town, you know, just after the the Leeds Road, and um, and it was just so kind of special. It were it were weird that we were at Wembley, yeah, and, you know, just like bloody flashing fingers and all sorts of <clears throat> you, old memorabilia that you had, and everybody was just buzzing around, it. and then it just tied in perfectly to this yeah. brand new stadium as well. Yeah. And, and 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 obviously, like you've just said there, that the team kind of came into its own. Just the stadium was built, and I think it was just kind of perfect timing, really. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, I think that, I think that day was probably more for the club and for the yeah. supporters. It was a good day for the supporters. I mean, obviously, we were disappointed. I mean, that's to say, we went back. I can't remember. We went back to a hotel. I think after that game, and they had a meal and, and bits and pieces and. We went into the bar and had a few drinks and stuff for that. And that's that's where I think Neil was very good. You know, he was very positive about it. He just said, look, we played well. We didn't get beat. He kept saying that all the time. We didn't get beat. It was, you know, in a normal, because over 90 minutes, it was one all. And they were doing well at the time as well. I think they were they were pretty up there, like, you know. Um, and that that was kind of where... You know, we were we were having a, we were having a couple of drinks, and it was you know yourself after you've after you've lost, especially at Wembley, it was a little bit subdued, and that's where we started having a bit of laughing, joke, singing a few songs and stuff for them, and that's where I ended up singing the World Rover, and there was a guitar behind at the bar, <clears throat> and I'm not I'm not great on guitar, I don't like it, like you know, but we I, I sang the World Rover, and Neil loved it, and his his wife um, Sharon, it's a lovely woman, lovely woman, she was there as well, but Neil loved the song. Loved it. And that's where every time, you know, if we were out in the belt, he used to always say, school, go on, sing the song, come on, sing the song. So forever. I, th- I think I'll be known for singing the song more than I was for playing football, like, you know. But <laughs> that's where that's where I think Neil was so good at not making it a negative, you know. And even, I think the, the, I think the, the, the boys that went out the night before the game just, just got fined. And that was the end of it, you know. And, and, and it was very much, because I think we had a game a couple of days after that. Maybe. Days, yeah. I think we did, we did a game just after that, you know. So he was very, very positive. We had we had a great night in the hotel. We, we, we had a good few beers and a good few drinks. We finished up at whatever, three in the morning or whatever it was, you know. And uh, I think we won the game during the week as well, which was very important, you know, which was very, very important. So I think, I think as you said, I think it's, that's exactly right. I think it was a, it was a good building block, you know, to, to get everything to be positive, everything yeah. to be kind of going in the right direction. And as I said, look, it was just unfortunate we lost <laughs> That game, that midweek game was a bit of an epic one because from, from memory, it was against Cambridge, away at Cambridge, and they refused because the game obviously at Wembley was on the Sunday and Cambridge refused to move the game a day to allow the extra rest. And it ended up probably being the probably the best game of the season, winning 5-4 at was Cambridge. It I knew, yeah, I knew it was Andy, Andy Booth curling one into the stanchion from 25 yards, which, you know, he didn't, didn't well, do Well, he can't hit it straight, week. so it's always going to curl, isn't it? <laughs> it always goes somewhere where he doesn't mean it to go. <laughs> but I, I, that's, I, I, I remember, I remember um, after the game, Neil, that that game that came because it was, it was what was it? Was it five four? Five four, yeah. Yeah, I remember Neil, Neil, Neil came over to me and just said, "Well done." And I said, "Fucking hell, Gaffer, we let four goals." Like, and he went, "Yeah." He said, "But considering how much drink we drank on Sunday," he said, "We've done well to give you the take the win." And we move on, like you know, and that's that's why I look at. I think his management like that was very good. You know, his management. He, he had he was very similar to the likes of Barry Froy in that in that regard. That like sometimes they give you a little bit of rope 
but you, you had you had to repay him, like you know, you had to make sure that when you went when you went out on that pitch on on whatever day it would be or whatever game would be, you, you literally had to give absolutely everything you had, like you know, because he was a very demanding person, you know. We've spoken about this before, haven't we, on on, on this and, and like in terms of managers, and and it's really because obviously we'll probably go on to your managerial career uh, later, but don't you think that that's really important? I mean, I've had two managers now, Neil Aspin and, and Jacko. That, that kind of that carried that forward and it's all about the team and it was all about making sure that everyone's together and Neil Aspen would make sure all the lads at Halifax had, had go out on a night out and he would yeah. give kids money to go out. Jacko would literally be in the middle of the changing room fighting with the rest of us with lights off and stuff and, yeah. and I think it, it makes that difference, doesn't it? And like you say, like you, you guys obviously had quite a few leaders in that changing room as well so you can kind of marshal it yourself yeah. with, with him kind of on the background you know, keeping keeping the reins on. Well, when like that's when we used to when we used to have nights out. As I said, look, Neil Neil would just kind of pull, maybe me, Jeppo, one or two others. Like you know, and to be fair, like we were, I think we were we were we were a kind of a group that there wouldn't be there wouldn't have been much hassle. You know, we maybe have to keep an eye on Bully every now and again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just to keep a little check on him, Bully. Like, most most of the lads, as I said, look, would have been really you know would have been harmless stuff. Like you know, we would have been dancing on the floor or. You know, singing on the karaoke and stuff for that. That's it. it would have been just general messing around, like you know. But that's all Neil ever said. He said, "Look, he said if there's any hassle, any trouble at all, he said I'll blame you three. He said you three alone." So we had to kind of make sure that that everything everything went okay and everything was all right. But as I said, look, we never really had we never really had much hassle. We had we had great times, we had great bit of laugh, great night, great nights out, but never ran, never any. You know, it was never ran bad around. You know, they were all we we had such a good set of lads. Good set of boys that there was never any aggro at all, like you know. So, Pat, you joined in March within six weeks now or so. Town were unbeaten in 11 games, they played at Wembley for the first time in 56 years. You'd scored in the shootout, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's the last ever game at Leeds Road. You know, it's a home to yeah. uh, legends, if you like. Did you, uh, what, what was that like to play in? And, and did you sort of realize the significance beforehand, you know, that the likes of, you know, Ray Wilson, Dennis Law, Frank yeah. Wooden, et cetera, Frank yeah. all played yeah. there? Yeah. I remember Frank Wooden. I met him, I actually met him a few times in Huddersfield. Lo- lovely fella, lovely fella. But he, was, he was a brilliant player, wasn't he? Fantastic player, like, you know. But I mean, look, again, like, as I said, look, I don't, you know, I'd only been there. Uh, we were more, we were more concentrating on the results, you know, that was what, you know, that was what our focus was, like, you know. And I think it was important when that stage, when the stadium went, that we, I think we won that game as well, did we? Were we behind in that game or did we come back? Because I think, uh, I think Simon Baldry scored didn't he, in about one minute, and then Watson yeah, like, equalised, and then uh, Phil Starbuck got the winner, didn't he? Yeah, got the one in the end. Yeah, because that's I said. I think it, it was important. I mean, again, it was it was important for the, for the supporters. Obviously, all that history and that ground and all the, all the great memories and stuff for that. You know, as I said, a lot of people who've been following the club for a long, long time. I think those days are more about the fans and, and the club, like you know, because look, <clears throat> football players come and go, like you know, as, as I said, all you can all you can kind of control is is what your memory. You hope that it's going to be a good memory, you know. You, you really, it's very rare that a player will stay there for that for that length of time. So all you can kind of control is to say, look, hopefully we'll do a good job, <clears throat> and you know, you'll you'll kind of have good memories of your stay there. But days like that, you know, we won the game, and that's. That's all we wanted. Like, you know, we won the game, and then it was it was it was a great celebration. And as I said, it was great for the fans and the supporters and stuff for that. We got lovely picture framed of of, of Leeds Road. Um, so it, yeah, it was it was a great day, lovely day. But again, the main thing for us was you know we wanted to win the match, like so, and we did. So we were happy. Yeah, uh, business. Where you living in Huddersfield? Uh, did yeah. you 
Were you living in a flat in the centre or were you in Ormford or not even? No, I lived out in uh, Outlane, out right. up the very top. I've always, I, I, I don't like, I don't like living in, 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 in cities or towns. I'd rather be out a bit further away, like, you know, keep myself to myself. <laughs> but it was lovely, I have to say, Outlane was gorgeous. It was a beautiful place, lovely place. I loved it up there. I was literally 10 yards away from the new inn. That 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 uh, book. Is that still there? I don't know. Is it? The the there, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I've not been up there for a while. Last time I was up there was to see Lee Martin to try and fix my back. Um, <laughs> so but now I've not been up for a while. Yeah, but it was Funny, it, yeah, I like Pat says I like to be out of the way, but somewhere really, really close to a pub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like the meeting point. Lads, I'll see you at the new inn. <laughs> you have to look after the essentials. You've got to look after the essentials. <laughs> after that last game, kind of going in the summer, what were kind of near Warnock's message was it, right? We're going to, because you mentioned before that, you know, we're going to have a really good go for it next year. Or did did he kind of keep his cards close to his chest? Did you go in your summer holidays thinking, we're going to really push on this year? Obviously, what you told us with the spirit developing and we had. You know the Wembley and then the nice finish at the stadium. Did you think, right, this is big time next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think because we've done so well. Do you know what I mean? As I said, that's I said. Look, I mean, you know, from my point of view, I look back at it and think to yourself, that was a really good decision to sign. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, you you could kind of see like, for me without being disrespectful to Southend, which is a club that I really liked playing for and, and really enjoyed. You could see the potential of that Huddersfield. So. That risk I took was worth it. And from the way we had played, <clears throat> when you looked at the team, you know, especially Andy Booth was a, was he was only a young boy. I think I, I, he only started to play that season, I think. You know, Chris Billy as well had, had come in and done really well. We had a lot of good young players. Like, I mean, I was only 24 myself. I mean, Jeppo was probably 28, had good experience. But Booth and, and Ronnie <clears throat> were a wonderful partnership. You know, they really were like, the, you know, they were a fantastic duo together. Like they both had a physical presence, both good in the air, but both really good on the ground as well. I mean, Ronnie was excellent with his link up play and stuff like that. And Beauty had, had a little bit of pace about him that he could get in behind, like, you know. And I think when you have two centre forwards like that, that you can see that they're going to score goals, like you've always got a chance, you know, you've always got a chance, you know. And, uh, you know, as I said, that's just, I think we would have finished that season. Look, um, I think we went to the... Was it Brentford the last game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a sell. I think we would because <clears throat> that will come in later on as well. Like they had a few players. Like I, I know, I knew um, what's his name, Brian Staten, the lad who played in midfield for them. He was at Spurs when I was at Arsenal, so we would have had a few little, a few little run-ins with him. Um, and he was a bit of a typical London boy, real, real cocky, real melty, like you know. But that last, that last game, and we really there was nothing to play for, like you know, we really had nothing to play for. And I, I remember. I think they went one nil up, and he he went straight through Dunny that lad Statham, and they kind of kicked off then a little bit, you know. You could see <clears throat> they kind of ruffled their feathers, like, and you could kind of see that 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 team spirit really coming to the fore, like, you know. And it became a real kicker match, you know. It became a real, real tough physical game. But I think Dunny scored. He might have got to both. I see. I think he definitely got the winner anyway. But he definitely. But I think that that walked. We walked away there, kind of think to yourself, you know, look, we can. We can play good football, but we can scrap as well. Like, you know, you want to have a fight with us, <clears throat> we'll have a fight. Like, you know, so going into the following season and, and again, moving into the stadium, everything boded well. You know, there was no reason for us to be, you know, it had gone, couldn't have gone any better. You know, it really couldn't have gone any better. Like, you know. So town strengthened over that summer a little bit. They brought in Paul Reed, uh, Kevin Gray, Tom Cowan signed permanently. 
at the end of the previous season, you know, you've got Bullock and Jepson really starting to settle. Boothy, like I say, developing into a really top-class striker as well. The first game of the next season was one to really remember. You know, you've got uh, Blackpool away. There's a new Panasonic black and white shirt, isn't there as well, which is quite iconic as well. Um, four and a half thousand away fans, you know, ho- you know, away fans spilling out of the home ends all over the place. And this is a, a crowd of 8,000. So there's a lot of people there. Um, and a 4-1 win, it, it looked like absolute carnage, to be fair, when you look back at the, um, the video. And we scored great goals. You know, when you look back, I mean, Reedy was Reedy was a fabulous player, great left foot, <clears throat> and we scored some really, really. I know, I know. I think Neil's kind of teams always get that that kind of bit of criticism that you know he didn't really want you taking too many chances at the back. You know, he wanted you to be safe and secure and not take too many risks. But I thought when we got the ball forward, we had good players. Like you know, as I said, I mean, Bully, Bully really, really improved as he went on. Like you know, he got better and better all the time. Chris Billy was a really good technical player and, and really, and then as I said, the two boys up front, um, you know, were very, very good. And that day was a great start for us as well. Like, you know, it was a really good start because we scored some brilliant goals. You know, to beat them 4-1 on the first day was was a great start. The second game wasn't as good, <laughs> especially for me getting sent off. That's I said, that 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 um that that sec that second season was a little bit kind of up and down sometimes, you know. I, I don't think um well, after the after the Wickham game, when I got sent off, and we lost one nil. Um, we went on a good run then. We went on a good run, and we were scoring. <clears throat> we were scoring lots of goals, um, but we were we we weren't defensively as strong as what we had been the following season. Um, and we conceded a few goals. I remember a couple of games. Um, Bradford, where I think it was three all or something like that. You know, we we we'd probably too many games where the scores were were pretty high, like you know, four three, yeah, uh, four three, yeah, something like that was it four three was it something like that. Mm-hmm. So. We weren't, you know, we weren't, I wouldn't say we were 100% right. And I think that, I mean, I think Neil, to be fair, done great um, with, the, with the, the transfers that he did. Um, I think he moved a couple out and he brought Simbad in and then he brought um, the Duxbury in as well. Um, and I think that that helped us as well, like, you know, but it was de- it was definitely a season where, uh, you know, I think we were kicking ourselves a little bit because we, we felt we were good enough to win the league. But I think if we were going to do it, we were going to do it the hard way. We were never going to do it the easy way, you know. we were. It was always going to be a... A tough road for us, but you know, as I said, that's uh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what the playoffs are there for. And, and as I said, the the I think Neil said it. Um, you know, the best way to win it is to win it at Wembley. And I think that experience we had at Wembley before, the season before kind of spurred us on a little bit as well. Like you know, you mentioned Bradford City as well, and we had a little bit of needle back in the day, back in the nineties with Bradford City. Um, don't hear much from them these days. Uh, at, at that at that point, we'd beaten them in the Yorkshire Electricity Cup. We beat them in the league four three, and then we beat them in the auto windscreen as well. Just remember, just wondering if you remember the you know that sort of little spell and and the return match as well with Etienne Vivier and Tom Cowan, where he goes down in slow motion. It takes about thirty seconds to hit the deck, doesn't it? And you know, there's there's a lot of good memories there from that. And, yeah, and it's, well, I think Brad, Bradford was a local. They're local entity as well. Like, yes, yeah. that's a local rivalry, isn't it? Like you know, as I said, that that's. I think I was saying that um, I think Tom Tom Cowan got sent off a couple of times that season mm. and so did I. We, but that's just, the two of us kind of um, discipline boys probably weren't at the best, you know, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's where, you know, you know, as much as I would have huge respect <clears throat> for Neil Warnick, huge respect and, and I really like him. You know, I would have had me ups and downs with him as well. Like, you know, if you weren't doing the job from, you know, he could be extremely hard on you, like an extremely harsh on you, like, you know, because he wanted you to get back up. 
<clears throat> to the standards that he knew you could he could do, like you know. And that's I said, I know. Um, there's people always say about that YouTube video that he slaughtered. Uh, he slaughtered me yeah, and he slaughtered others and stuff for that. that. Yeah. yeah, that was. I can't remember that game. Who was that? I can't remember who that was against. Shrewsbury. <laughs> was it the last Shrewsbury. rain? The rain and stuff for that. Yeah. And I remember that's so I always that's a, I think I think he called me soft shit. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I answered him and said, "Yeah, I know." But we were we 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 just we didn't play well that day. We had, we had a we had a bad day, you know. We just didn't we didn't perform at all, like you know. And that's that's where Neil would 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 really let you know that you, you know you've let your standards down and, and and that it wasn't acceptable and it wasn't good enough. And then it's up to you then to work hard to try and get back up to the standard that you know you couldn't get back in his good books again, like you know. And but he he, he would always. As much as he'd, he'd, he'd have a right go with you and he'd, he'd go hard on you and he'd go hard and go hard on you, he'd still pull you into his office every now and again, you know, and kind of have a chat with you and, and, and just talk to you and stuff like that. And he was brilliant. He was brilliant and stuff like that. You know, if you felt, you know, for the sendings off and stuff like that, you know, he phoned me two weeks and I was going, and the hell got for like two weeks. I said, like, it's the first time I've been sent off. Like, and he went, doesn't matter. He said, you've let me down. You've let the team down. Getting sent off. Stupid. He's been me two weeks' wages. So I had to rave and hump him over that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was extremely harsh. But, like, the thing about Neil is he's, 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 he's such a funny character that, you know, he'll take the piss out of you and you'll end up laughing. Like, do you know what I mean? And it'll just be forgotten about and that'll be the end of it. Like, you, you pay your fine and that, and that was it. Like, you know? But uh, he was he was brilliant at that. He was brilliant at that. And he was very good in a, in, in a kind of a tactical way of setting the team up about... <clears throat> what what the opposition's dangers would be and stuff for that and all you know he was very good at stuff for that he was he was very detailed in what he what the information he'd give you and stuff you know I think people kind of sometimes think that he's all you know kind of just shouting and screaming and stuff for that but he was very very detailed with us as I said he'd, he'd always go through the set pieces and the opposition and what their threats would be and what way we could maybe get at them and stuff for that so you know he was very good and I, and, I, and I do think that season. You know, he definitely earned his money because, as I said, it wasn't the season that he'd say, like the season before when we got in a really good run, we had great momentum. You know, it was it was very stop and start. He was very it was very catchy that that season. Like, mm. this is a rapid game for me. Well, just epitomise what we were that first game where we beat him four three. Because what I loved about it, Pat, it's like because they were physical side as well. I remember Chris yeah. Kamal playing for them. I think he might have been a sub. I remember him scoring and swinging on crossbar because they kept, let me get this scoring right. I think we were in front. They came back. To, <clears throat> Yeah, I think, and you know what, town the town side we've got now, God, it, they did just caved in with the loss five or six two. But we just yeah. found a way to come back down that over end. I remember Boo, they put one in in that, putting that yeah. Sabuti or stand. And the best thing about the team, like you said, Pat, I think you get people say, Oh, yeah, they, you know, they had a lot of guys who could put the foot in, but we could play some really good football. Paul Reed, like you said, yeah. had a brilliant and kind of left foot. And I love that because what you want, your t- you want your team to really get stuck in and really show. Yeah, all about and they represent yeah. the values that I love as a kind of yeah. and as well. We had everything, so that brought yeah. it was a bit of sweet day for me that because we got I got burgled that saying that family take the smile off my face, Pat. It must have been a brat this day, but honestly, mate, that I went away that day thinking we're going to do something pretty special because yeah, for me, Bradford's always a big rivalry, leads a bit for many, but yeah, yeah. we were so good and then. Uh, yeah, it just the bragging rights and stuff. It was a real bitter rivalry, you know, kind of with Bradford for a few years. Yeah. Richmond and obviously we, you know, kind of were coming through from Booth and Dean Richards, bless his soul, you know. Yeah, yeah, they had some great hustles, didn't they? Yeah, they had some great yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Season that, that in- <clears throat> what were they, a league under-21 side, was it? I remember going to... Into the league under-21s, yeah. 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 I mean, Richard's played, but yeah, for me, they were peak still time because I had air then. I could just start a drinking part and... Life <laughs> sound fun. The, the good old days. Yeah, you just wanted to go away every week and because uh, yeah. you were proud of what we represented. Yeah. And it had turned around so fast. Like you said, a year before, we were like battling to stay up and then yeah. go again. We're, we're up there in the top six. We're brilliant, man. Yeah, so I, I think I think with Neil, <clears throat> you know, he, he he's just, that's his personality. He's just an out-and-out winner, like, you know, and as much as, that's I said, as much as we would have a laugh and a joke and, We'd enjoy ourselves and stuff for that, you know. We 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 did. We loved the night out. We loved we loved to have him go and have a bit of laugh and stuff for that, you know. He he didn't really mind once, you know. He he could trust us to know that when we went out on Saturday. And the thing is, like probably probably I think sometimes managers reflect that that team that even on days like that, like he didn't care, you know. Once we won, it didn't. He didn't really care. Like he just wanted to win the game. He didn't care what we had to do or what way we had to go about doing it, you know. Whether it be whether it be like Brentford or some of that where we. Have to be kicking people all over the place and stuff like that. But I did, it did annoy me a little bit sometimes when people say that about, you know, the physical team. As I said, look, I was a defender. That was my job um, to defend. But I thought we had some really, really good players going forward. And we scored some some really, really great goals. You know, when you look back, some brilliant goals. Like, and we played in the right areas. Like, you know, and as I said, football's moved on now. It's a little bit different and stuff like that. But the basics are still there. You still got to defend properly. Like, and that's probably where I think. You know, Neil would have been probably a little bit unhappy with us at, the, at that time because we were conceding a few goals in certain games that were sloppy, like you know that was sloppy. And I think he, he realised that that wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna work out. And I think that's probably why he brought Simbad in. Do you know? I yeah, Pat, did you play that game at York where we got beat? We took a ridiculous following. There were a firework thrown on, and that were a real wake up call that that afternoon. I think that was early. I, don't, I can't remember mm. that game before or after, but we were yeah, on of a course. In that York game, I did, I did some calculating earlier. From the previous season to the York game, we'd only lost one game out of 27 against Wickham at that point. So that, that shows the run that the club, you know, the, the momentum the club were on. 
And there was a there's a good header before that against Bournemouth as well, Pat, which was probably would you say the best goal you scored for the club? I was very I was very happy with that goal. To be fair, that's what I'm saying. Neil used to hammer me. He used to hammer me. He used to he used to be shouting with you on set face, you'd be shouting, Oh, don't go up. There's no point you going up. Just stay at the back. Just stay at the back. There's no you waste your energy. You're better off staying at the back. So when I scored that day, I ran over to him. <laughs> so that was that was great. I mean, look. I didn't, I you know, I didn't score many goals. Um, what did you say? Three, whatever it was. I didn't really get that many goals. Like you know, that, I I always looked at my job and thought, you know, that's why I'd be frustrated if we if we were conceding goals because my job for me was it was to defend, like and make sure that we defended well and we didn't give goals away. So that 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 was disappointing that season. Definitely the the first the first half of the season, I thought we were a little bit soft where we did give away too many goals. You know, and that 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 probably cost us. You know, from, from from winning the league, like you know, I think that although we had a really good run, I think we did hit a patch where we our, our results started to slow down a little bit, and we dropped away a little bit as well. Like you know, coming closer towards the end, like you know, because I think the thing is <clears throat> with, with with the likes of Beauty and, and, and Ronnie as well, you know, obviously they can score three goals every week. Do you know what I mean? That's that's too much to ask of any of any forwards. Like you know what I mean? So, and I think when we were kind of getting scratching one all draws or nil alls or one alls. When we were defending better, but we weren't scoring that many goals. But I still think that that period coming up to Christmas, I think probably cost us a little bit. You know, from from, from my memory, I think anyway, like you know, and as I said, I picked a couple of injuries, a couple of suspensions and stuff for that. You know, but as I said, look, that's that's the way the season goes, isn't? It? Sometimes it goes with you, but I think it showed the character and uh, in the team that you know, even though it wasn't going as smooth as we probably would have liked it to be, you know, we hung in there and we made sure we got there in the end. Like, when there was a little wobble, so I think there was, like you mentioned, there was, there was a tiny one before Christmas, wasn't there, with the Wiccan game and stuff like that, and then a little one at the end. Uh, Neil Warnock used to do something, didn't he? When uh, there was a couple, when he didn't win a couple of games, and I've got, I've got a few videos back up, you know, uh, on my yeah. on my OneDrive account, and there was a, a combination that he used to bring out, and Ian Dunn reckons that he liked this, despite the video of his video evidence to the contrary on this, but. Um, you look like you didn't mind knocking it back, you know. The, no, the was Chris, Chris Billy and Andy Bill used to say to me, Will you drink? Will you drink mine? I said, I don't mind. I said, If the gaffer, if the gaffer's okay with that, I think what was it, sherry and eggs? Was it our yeah. brandy and eggs? Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, sherry, right. yeah. that's what I said. Oh, yeah, Chris, Chris Billy didn't he didn't drink at all, like, and he used to be saying to me, Will you drink mine, Pat, please? Will you drink mine? And I said, Yeah, God, no problem. Like, the gaffer wouldn't he, he, he loved it. Look, that's I said, he wanted that reaction. That's that's what made it so funny. The likes of Andy Bill with our. Or Chris Billy and stuff for that, they just couldn't deal with it, like, you know. They just couldn't deal with it, like, and it was it was funny. Like that's look, it was just a way to kind of ease the tension a little bit, you know what I mean? And and just kind of you know kind of move on. As I said, I mean, I don't think we had any really bad runs. I just think we had set such a good standard. I think that's what I said. I think someone someone said to me before it was something ridiculous. Like we'd lost two games in, in forty odd games or something. I think you you mentioned that stat as well, like you know, which is which is fantastic, like you know. And that's what I said. I think to take into consideration the season before, but. You know, we didn't get that balance right in the team as well as we had the season before. And that was a little bit of a disappointment. You know, that was a little bit of a disappointment that we, we didn't get up to that standard that we did the following season, you know. But uh, I said, look, all seasons are different. You know, that's the thing about it. You have to kind of dust yourself off and keep going and keep working hard and, and hopefully it'll be, okay. it'll be okay in the end. And of course, you brought they brought Lee Sinnott in to play alongside you as well. Lee Sinnott, you know, you know, a really good, tough, rugged, left-sided defender. And then they've got you on the right-hand side also. Quite tough. Not a lot. Not a lot's going past that either. Um, just, just around, you know, sort of that end of the season. You know, you guys weren't, like you say, 
Boothie and Jepson, I think they both had a couple of knocks here and there. Boothie got injured uh, before he went to England under 21s. I think he fell over. Um, he fell over. They, they used to cover the uh, the centre circle, didn't they, in uh, like a, a mat or something. And he fell. Did he trip over that or something? And then he injured his knee, oh, didn't he? Sounds like something. Sounds like something. Yeah, and uh, I think at that point, uh, results started to maybe come away a bit. But I think the spirit was always there. But this is the time when. Uh, there was a camera following you guys around towards the end of that season. And, and we've mentioned the Shrewsbury away, you know, Warnock, you know, the, the yeah. famous lines, you're still in effing Latvia, you know, to Andy Booth. And he's, you know, he's, he's having it out completely there. And was that quite, and, and then the Birmingham game, I don't know if that Phil, Phil, you were probably, a, were you a youth player around there? Did you nick a couple of those sandwiches that, you know, on that famous <laughs> video as well? Um, no, my brother, I think. <laughs> it was him and Ian Lawson, wasn't it? In the, uh... No, I remember Ian. Yeah, I remember Ian Lawson. Oh, yeah. 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 And, uh, and you know, I've, I've watched loads of Warnock videos, you know, where um, he has a go at, you know, Sheffield United, Huddersfield, all sorts. Never, <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never, ever did anyone ever answer him back, apart from one, Mr. Pat Scully against the Birmingham game, where, you know, you, you actually had it out with him, didn't you, there? And it was... It was a healthy yeah, one, though, wasn't it? It was quite, you know, it wasn't angry. It was like a healthy kind of... I don't remember that. I, I had to go I'll, back. I'll show you. I've got the video. I'll, I'll send you that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I, I, look, I, I think... I think um, um, that's right. Was it, did, we, did we play Birmingham the last game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, game, that, game, that game now, that, that, that was ridiculous. Like, I can remember that game as if it were yesterday. Like, the, the crowd, the, the atmosphere was, was unreal. And it was such a such a tense game. It were it were it, were, it was. I mean, it must have been amazing to play. Um, yeah, I think but, we. I think we had we we'd made the playoffs, had we? In that before that yeah, game, yeah, we, we didn't need that in that in that game, was it? Or something? I can't remember. I do. I, I, I do remember. I, I think. That, I think the thing about that game, it was. It was a. It was a great game as towards the atmosphere and Birmingham, a huge club and stuff like that. But mm. I think there was a lot of frustration that we kind of thought. You know, because I think they won it, didn't they? In the end, like, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, well, and I think we were there was a, there was a lot of frustration that you know we we felt we probably let ourselves down a little bit, you know, and that we probably should have pushed them a bit closer to uh, than what we did, like you know. And I think that was disappointing. And I think, look, <clears throat> I think it was just it, it was just frustrating. And I, I, that's I, I mean, for me, it never bothered me any manager when when they came in and kind of had a go at it and stuff like that. Because the thing is, like. They're gonna have a go at you if you don't play well. Like you know, if you're if you're not setting the standards that you need to set, he's gonna tell you. Like you know, and I and I'd prefer that. I much prefer that. I'd much rather know where I stand. That you you, you kind of knew where you were with Neil. You know, there was no, you know, there was never any thing of going. Oh, I think I'm doing okay at the moment because he let you know. He let you know <clears throat> that you weren't like. So I think that that was a there was a lot. I, I, I you know I, I can vaguely remember that where he did come in. He went bananas after the game. Yeah. Um, I've um, yeah, I've I've got some video. I'll I'll send you some videos. I wanna, I'll yeah, have to smart, because yeah. we we've like had some promotions where pretty much we've been as good a playoffs with four games to go, five games to go, and kind of in the last one and David Wagner, we kind of putting out kind of reserve teams yeah. that are now. How you know, like everyone says, we play at the end and we fight to every game and what have you. But do you know when you're assured like that season where we're in a place where I don't think was it three games to go? How as a professional, are you kind of thinking, right, we're going to ease off? Or do, do, you, do you kind of play with that 100%? Because it's weird. You look at some of our finishes to them seasons when we've gone up and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, this old town. And there's no way you'd back these to get promoted. And yet we have. Is it, is it just a natural thing where you just ease off? Or 
I think it is. I think it is. I mean, look, you, know, I, you hear loads of football. I say, no, you're always 100%, 100%. But I think, you know, there's a competitive edge to most people and most footballers. And I think that only shows when it, when when you've got something to play for. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not, as I said, I think we, we were, whatever position we finished, fourth or fifth or whatever it was, I think we were, we were there. We weren't going to go any further, like, you know. And I think it was more a case of... Uh, I'm not saying we, you know, was a, we, we were a bit annoyed over the Birmingham thing, and especially because they beat us at home, which was even more annoying. But literally, it was just when I was, look, let's make sure we get ourselves right um, for the playoffs. Like, and, and to be fair, I think we did. Like, you know, I thought, you know, you look back at the, the, the Brentford games in the first in the first one, we we did okay. Like, you know, we played our right, <clears throat> but definitely, I thought in the second one and then in the final, I thought we were right back. Out of ourselves, I thought we were we, we we were right back to the standard we set, and I thought we defended well, and we looked at goal threat, and we played well in those games. We played really well, especially Brentford away. I thought we were we were fantastic in that game. Like you know, I thought we we played really really well and well deserved to win the game and get through. Like right, right Pat. Uh, let's talk those playoffs. So Brentford. So obviously, there's the disappointment getting over the disappointment of uh, Birmingham winning the league, and we've ended up fifth which is probably the lowest we've been all season, wasn't it? But it, it didn't really matter. I remember Neil Warnock says on the video, he's quite happy to go away with the character of the squad. He was quite happy to go away to somewhere like Brentford in the second leg. And yeah. it was a real, those two legs were just, like you said, attritional, weren't they? They were just an absolute battle over over two legs. And, you know, what what a battle. And, and to be fair, the second leg, I think Town were the better side towards the end and and probably probably fair fair winners, I would say, in the end. I thought so. I thought so. I thought we were magnificent that night. I mean, I thought I thought I thought we played well. It was as you said, it was it. They were a good team. They you know they had two good they had two good centre forwards. Um, and but I think especially uh, especially when we went when we went down there, um, and that's what I'm saying that that's what I'm on top about that that time the year before when we had a, a good kicking match. There was a little bit going on from then, and I can't remember who it was now. But when when we were pulling up to the ground. Um, I seen your man that that Statham walking into the dressing room with a suit carrier over over his shoulder. And I think I, I, might, I might have said it to Clates or I might have said, I can't remember saying it. Someone said, look at that cocky twat. And uh, Neil Warnick stood up and he said, look, he said, look at them. They've got their suits ready for the for the, the party later on. And he just said, look, let's make sure we're ready for them. Like, you know, and, and I just I just thought that night and including the crowd, whatever we'd done the crowd, we had all our fans at the back of the goal um, it was brilliant. Like it was a great night, and it was just one of those nights where we were we were we were right bang at it. We were right bang at it. And I, I thought we were the better team. Um, I think they got a penalty. They a bit of a scruffy penalty, was it? Simon Trevor gave gave a trip to Marshall. Was it a bit? It's a bit of a ropey one, anyway. You know, but as I said, I I, I thought we 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 done so well, and, and obviously gone back to penalties again. Like you know, and that's I have to say, I've always been a great believer in fate, and I, and I think you know it's ironic that. The, the the season before, I mean, I never took a penalty before in my life, um, and it was only that Neil said it to me at Wembley. He said, "Look, when you've got a good game, why don't you why don't you take one?" So I said, "Yeah, the one will take one, like you know, no problem, like you know." But you know, I was the only one that scored in the Wembley one, and I was the only one that missed in the Brentford one. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, you know, for me, as I said, look, I, I, you know, it didn't make any difference. Like you know, once 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 we won it. It didn't make any difference at all, like you know. And it was it was a great night, brilliant night, and the fans and the reaction after the game was great, like you know, absolutely top class. 
Those, those celebrations are amazing, aren't they? Because you've got Darren Bullock walking on his hands. You know, there's Paul yeah. Reed in the crowd, yeah. isn't there? There's, there's yeah, also, I love it. Yeah. Really good into, didn't he? Yeah. How does it, how did it feel at the time? Did you just, they always, I've, I've always thought, you know, like when you watch them in England penalties and people miss and you just, I feel so much pity me. I'm just a, kind of a, a nice person. But how did you feel, mate, walking back? Or did you, were it all a blur and... When you miss no, your- look, it's, it's, it's like, like, obviously you're disappointed, do you know what I mean? I mean, look, as I said, I always think, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, uh, like, some people don't take penalties, you know, because I think the most important thing is, is the technical striking of the ball. Like, do you know what I mean? If you've got players who are good strikers of a ball, I think they're the ones that, that should take it. I know it does come down to, there is a, a certain element of mentality and stuff for that. And that's, I just didn't hit it. I didn't strike it hard enough, you know, as I said, technique wise, I, I didn't get it the way I wanted it. Like, you know, I didn't hit it right at all, like, you know. And that's just a learning. And to be fair, to be fair, when we were practicing building up to that, Neil actually said that to me. He said that, you know, he said, if you don't, if you don't connect right with it and the keeper goes the right way, he'll he said he'll save it. And I and I just said, Yeah, no, so I've got to make sure I get the right connection. And I just I just didn't hear it. I didn't hear it right at all. I didn't get it, I didn't get a good connection on it at all, like, you know. But like, I mean, I was lucky because I only felt like shit for like a minute because Franny. Dug me right out of a hole, then, do you know I mean? In, in your defence, though, Pat, there was a shit house right behind that goal with an air horn. Blow it just as you went up to kick it. He's blowing this air horn right, you know, right at you. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'd have to do with that. Oh yeah, look. My, in my the only thing the only thing I can say in my defence is when when I seen Tom Count's penalty at Wembley the season before, I just thought, look, anything anything I do is never be as bad as that. So <laughs> even though he saved it, I've still got a bit of respect. I think they're still rolling towards the goal, is Tom Cowell. Yeah. <laughs> I think the keeper, went, the keeper went for a bag of chips, came back and still picked the ball. <laughs> How good is Francis Pat that season? I'm honestly, mate, we, we've, had so, we've had some really good keepers over the years, but he was so calm and assured. And you, I just had a feeling he was going to do it that night at Brentford. He just, he seemed kind of a guy, you know him better than me, but it's just like, get someone with a job, kind of yeah. like the glory kind of thing, but... Yeah, I was so because they had that Kevin Dearden, a little guy as well, wasn't he? So yeah, not the biggest keepers, but I were backing Franny all the way, mate. On that, I I have to say, I I, I had a I had a feeling. I just I just I just knew we were going to win. You know, I just knew we were going to win that night. I just the whole the atmosphere of the game, the way it went, and everything. And even as I said, even when I missed it, I I didn't I didn't walk away thinking oh, it's gone. Like I just I always felt. You know that we we were we were gonna do it, like you know, just had a real, real strong feel that we were gonna do it. Like, and as I said, Franny, Franny was a great goalkeeper, you know, brilliant to play behind. You know, as you said, he was he was a really good talker, but in a calm way, you know, he wasn't he wouldn't scream and shout and ball and stuff like that, but he'd give you good instructions and stuff for like that and all, and he was a he was a great shot stopper, you know. Really Franny, Franny, Franny wasn't massive either, was it? Franny wasn't no, 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 he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But again, that's I said, I think he was intelligent. You know, yeah. I think he was clever and he was intelligent. And, you know, as I said, he may, he made sometimes made it look simple. And I don't think he got himself into situations that he didn't need to. Do you know what I mean? And well, for a keeper, for a keeper of small, if you've got two uh, experienced centre halves like, like we have and, t- and tall and, and physical, then yeah. it's a nice balance, isn't it? And yeah, like I said, exactly. I'll always, I'll always argue for the smaller keepers. I think yeah. the <laughs> probably. Dearden is probably the, he's smaller than me. Smaller, yeah. He's even smaller. Yeah. I should have just, yeah, I should have just played well. the same team as him because I wasn't about to get my tiptoes on team photos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that winning penalty though, Phil. Were you, I went in bottom tier and I couldn't see much to be fair, but I thought he'd missed it. it was a I was too young. I was too young for that. I, 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 I was junior school, so I was, I was listening to on the uh, on the radio 
Oh, I just, I just yeah, remember yeah, I missed yeah. it. And then I saw net ripple. I just saw police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rap. When Sinbad scored his one, when Lee Sinner scored his one, because that was a complete and utter shank. Yeah. That bobbled, that bobbled into the goal. Yeah. I just thought to myself, yeah, it's got to be, this has got to be made for us. This has got to be made for us. <laughs> but as I said, I think the thing is, I, I, I generally think, you know, as a team and stuff for that, I think we deserved it. And, then, you know, not not been overly biased and stuff for that, but I, I, to go away when a lot of people would have thought that they would they would have been favourites, you know, I think, and play the way we did play, um, I thought we deserved to win the game. Must have been a good coach ride back. Oh, we did great, like, oh, we did an absolutely brilliant, like, fantastic, mate. But that's I said, like, I mean, we went we went away to uh, to Belfry, I think, in Birmingham or something like that, somewhere yeah. like that. For a few days as well after that, just to, just to chill out and relax and have a bit of fun. And then we trained, we trained for a couple of days before, and we went up. Uh, we went up the same thing as I said. Neil's very superstitious. I think he, he likes to stay in hotels and whatever of, of the same kind of thing, like you know. But uh, and I think even 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 the fact that Bristol Rovers got to the final, I kind of thought crew. If you remember that team they had, yeah. I thought they were a very very good team. They had Neil Lennon in that team. Mm. Um, and, and, and I remember having a comment, we were talking one day and saying, do you know what, at Wembley, you know, they could pass you to death, like, you know, because they were a very, very good passing team. And I think it kind of suited us a little bit more that it was Bristol Rovers instead of crew. Um, although they had that lad up front who was very good, Marcus Stewart. Was it Marcus Stewart? That's right. Yeah. yeah. He was a good player. Yeah, he was a very good player. He was a very good player. And he, I know he went to Huddersfield, didn't he, a couple of years later. Yeah. Um, but I think he was, he got injured a lot, didn't he, and stuff for that. But, uh, you know, look, that that was just that. Yeah, you know, the, the, I think I think the, the the difference between the following year, um, to 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 the playoff final, you know, the following that 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 all glass final, and maybe it was a little bit because I hadn't played many games and stuff for like that, but it, it felt like you know it was a good day out and it was good for the supporters and it was good for the club. I just felt that Wembley, there was a real real strong feeling of everybody that we had to win that game. Like, you know, I think that was you know that was going to be. All of us could have been it together that we had to make sure that we were going to make sure at the end of that game that we had won it and we were going to get through it because we'd worked so hard. And as I said, I know you're saying a bit about, um, I always think with the supporters and stuff like that, generally I don't remember ever a time that even when we lost games, the supporters would, 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 go, would have a go at you. It's probably the only club I've ever, ever been at. That I, I don't remember anyone ever, you know, kind of having a moan or having a go at it. And just, you know, basically all you'd say is, look, well done, don't, don't, don't worry about it. You know, walk hard and, and we'll move on to next week. Like, you know, and I think there was a great connection between, uh, and I know sometimes that, that's a bit bullshit because people say it all the time, but I do think there was a real, real strong connection between the staff, the players, the supporters, the town, even the people in the town, stuff like that. I just, that's as I always look at Huddersfield. I think the people, for me, were very down to earth, very hardworking, honest people. You know, and, and I can relate to that because that's that's my background as well. Like, you know, and I think we had so many players, including the manager and the staff and stuff. Like that. Nick Jones was a great fella. Blackie was 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 Kevin Black was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, and uh, but that's I said, there was no airs and graces. There was no one above anybody else. There was no one that was cocky or arrogant or a bit milky or that. We were all just good, honest boys. You know, that worked really, really hard. And and as I said, it was it was uh, when you're successful like that. I think it's it's great because it's a real team effort. You know, you're not looking at one player and going, "Jesus, he he was great." You're really looking at everybody and saying it was just everyone together. Like, and it was it was a great day and a great result. How was the uh, the prep difference between the Autoglass and the and the Wembley in the playoffs? Was it 
was it a lot more serious? Did you stay in the same hotel? Was what it kind of business stayed on, and maybe the autographs was a kind of a bit of a, a day out? How, how big a difference was the prep, mate, with the two Wembleys? Well, I didn't have the blues, but I was knocking on my door at one o'clock in the morning. That was a bit of a help. To be fair. Like, that was that was that was a good start. No, we prepared the exact same. We prepared the exact same. The new one different. You know, as I said, I think Neil is very superstitious. He likes to do things the, the way, whatever way he's won them before at, at, um, at Webley. He, he basically prepared the exact same, like, you know. So it was the same, you know. And as I said, it was it was brilliant. Like, you know, you, you have to, you know, to play at Wembley twice in a year is uh, is great, like, you know. But I think that when you lose, when you lose it, you know what I mean? It, it hurts you, like, you know, and, and it hurts us. And I think that, 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 Steadied us for the for the for the for the playoff final because there was no way we were going to lose that one. Like you know, I think there was a real general feeling and a real desire that we were going to go out and perform the way we could perform and make sure that we won that game and get in and get promoted. Like you know, and and I think that and I said I think that was us. We were back <clears throat> to our level because I think you know against Brentford and against Bristol Rovers we defended well and we again we had a good track going forward. We scored some good goals. Then we know. They hit the post and they were with a couple of shots and your man missed that absolute sitter, didn't he? Oh, Five minutes to go or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. How we missed that, I'll never know. Like, you know. But I think overall, we did perform very well. We did perform really well. The cheeky assist for you in there as well, wasn't the pattern? Yeah, yeah, got a little yeah, bully to scully to Bildi. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, look that you know that, that's what I'm saying. Those those things are, are, are really good when you've won the game. Do you know? It's it's nice to, I always say it's nice to you know, that's what I'm saying. That's the difference. And, I, and I've said it to, to about Boothie and Jeppo. They scored, Reverdy scored maybe 40-odd goals between the two of them. You know, if we if we hadn't have got promoted, you know, that wouldn't, have made, that wouldn't have meant anything to them. You know, that wouldn't have meant anything to them. But when, you, when, you've, when you're successful and you, and, you, and you achieve what you set out to achieve, you know, being, a, being part of it, you know, laying the goal on, that's a, nice, that's a nice thing to look back on. You think to yourself, look, I laid the goal on for us to score that goal. You know, and that's what it was at the end of it. It was always about the result, you know, and that's I think that's what Neil would always drilled into us. And I think we had a lot of boys in that room as well who, you know, who wanted to win and didn't really care too much about what we had to do to get there. Like, you know, we, we, we desperately wanted to win that game. So, 10 minutes to go, Ian Dunn comes on, the crowd is singing his song. You know, he's got no hair, but we don't care. Ian, Ian Dunn, and he's pretty much his first, first touch of the ball. He takes it down the left, he crosses, Andy Booth heads it across. And Ronnie Jepson's almost half complaining because it's missed him. And then Chris <laughs> Billy, Chris Billy dives in, doesn't he, and scores the winning goal. And there's a huge yeah. pile on in the penalty box. Did you yeah. did you join in the pile on? Were you no, in there? I was too tired. I was way too tired. I couldn't even dream of running that far. Couldn't even dream. But that's I mean, look, Ian Dawn was was a, a fabulous guy. You know, a really really nice guy. You know, just a really good lad. Um, and it was a really really good player. You know, had really good ability. He scored some great goals. Scored some brilliant goals. And he probably a little bit unlucky as towards he couldn't kind of got that tag of, of that kind of super sub where he would come on and uh, and make an impact, you know. And he definitely did that day, like you know, because um, you know when he came on, it was a great cross. I think he took, I think he took um, Crosby off, wasn't it? I think he took, I think Neil took yeah, Crosby yeah. off and brought Dunny on, like you know. And uh, I think it was a great time. But there was only like twelve minutes left, was it twelve, fifteen, maybe when we got that goal, like you know. Ah, it's amazing how you know all this. It's 27 years ago, mate. I have a terrible, I, I have a terrible memory, and that's what I said. You know, it's funny when you when you when you kind of when you get ready to do something like this, you kind of think back of, of all the good times and stuff like that, and all. Do you know what I mean? And like, I always I always remember your man Marcus Stewart. I think he hit a shot from the like 20 yards, and he hit, he hit the he hit the post and bounced down. That's when your man ballooned over the bar, like you know. 
And you, and, and see those things, I think when you're on the pitch, you just feel, do you know what, this is going to be our day, like, do you know, and, and uh, it was brilliant. Like when the whistle blew, it was great. Like, you know, when you, when you finally done it and you think, when you, that's what I said, I think when you look back to think where we started when we were second from bottom to roll on a year and we're ever a bit later, you know, it, it, that's a really, really good achievement for everybody. Like, and I think that that's, that's where it was real case, where it was, <clears throat> it was great for the fans. It was obviously great for the club because they were getting promoted and it was great for, for everybody. You know, we were all delighted. Like, but I think we deserved it. You know, I think we well deserved that. And as I said, I think it's great. It's a great character of the team to say that we, you know, we could have been disappointed the way the season finished off, but we, we pushed back on again and made sure that we, when we, as I think Neil, Neil said it perfectly, you know, if you're going to go up, you know, you choose to do it at Wembley. That's the way you would choose to do it if you could make a choice. And and, he, and he's right. And I told you, we would only do something the hard way. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do it the easy way. We'd only do it the hard way. But it was worth it. It was worth all the hard work. And as I said, look, to have that memory where we can all share is fantastic. You know, it's a great memory to have. Work hard and then play hard, Pat, because the, the celebrations must have been unbelievable <laughs> after Wembley. Jeez. Oh, I think I, I think we left, I think I left Johnny's at like half seven in the morning or something like that. Great night, great night. But that's I said, look, I, that's I said, I always think, you know, we had just such a great bond, such a great connection with all the players and stuff that we were so comfortable in those companies. As I said, look, when we went out, it was just great fun. You know, as we'd sing, we'd dance, we'd have a laugh, we'd have a drink, we'd have a bit of slagging and a bit of banter and stuff for that and all. And as I said, look, it was just, it was a, it was a great time um, in my life. You know, it was a great experience for me and, it was great to be successful um, in what, you know, the I'd always look back and I spoke to Neil about it when we had the reunion a few years ago. You know, you look back to that that decision that I, that I, that I was nearly going to say, look, I don't know where I'm going to go or not. And you roll on a year and a half and you're winning at Wembley. That's a, that's a good decision. <laughs> you know, that's a good decision. Like, you know, so, you know, it was, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant time. And as I said, great memory to have. Pat, did you see his departure coming? I'll sniff it. Anyway. I mean, I had no idea. Couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I was literally in shock. Um, you know, and I didn't even I didn't even ring Neil. You know, I was I was kind of I was so disappointed, so disappointed because <clears throat> I was going back home. I think um, a couple of days later, um, and I was booked to go on the ferry and stuff for that. And obviously, the celebration kind of obviously continued on for a few days. Do you know what I mean? We try, have to try and make the most of it. But I, I, I think it was I think Ronnie Jepson rang me up um, just before I was going that that morning and told me that he was gone and he was gone. Yeah, right. And he said, no, he said, look, I think, and I said, you're joking me. And, he, and I mean, look, I think it's great credit to Neil that, you know, whatever was going on in the background, he certainly didn't let any of us know about it. And he certainly didn't look as if it was affecting him. But uh, it was a crushing blow. I have to I have to be honest, it was a crushing blow. Because I said, look, I know he would have had me ups, me ups and downs with Neil. There was times where, you know, we maybe wouldn't have got on as well. But I had huge respect for him as a manager. And he was a brilliant manager for, that, for, the, for the team and for the club. And it was very disappointing. You think... He did so much that for those couple of years for the team to then not be able to enjoy getting promoted up to the fourth division it was then. So that would have been disappointing for him, but it was it was disappointing for us all. I mean, as I went home kind of a bit, a bit dumbfounded and I said I didn't ring Neil um Corpus. I didn't ring him for a, for a good few months, I didn't speak to him for a, for a good while, like you know, because I was I was I was bitterly disappointed that, that he went. It must have been an uncertain someone all of a sudden from being Maybe what? Because as a fan, I was thinking, God, who we're going to get in? And but for you, it's like the guy brought you in's gone, and you wanted to enjoy summer, probably going abroad and what have you. Still basking yeah. up that glory, and it was just a strange time, wasn't it? Typical of us, really. We get something really good, and it's gone with it <laughs> yeah. within like a second, man. 
it was weird. I mean, look, obviously, we don't know what, what went on or what, what can what can happen. Like, you know, that, that was obviously behind the scenes and stuff like that, which, which look, these things that these things happen in football, but it would have been nice, you know, to kind of go up together um, and just kind of see how we would have done, like, you know, because I think we did have good momentum and, you know, we were doing well. As I said, we had a good, I thought we had a good team. And I think, as I said, Neil was good as in toward bringing the likes of Sinbad in and, and Lee Duxbury. I think if he had a, more of an opportunity to bring a few more players in, I think the club would have gone would have, would have done really well. Like, you know, but look, we don't know what happened. You know, as I said, I don't know what I've never spoke to him about it. Um and I said, look, that's that's football, isn't it? You have to just move on and forget about it and and, and, and go over it. Like, you know, well he he went on and did okay, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> he did all right. <laughs> With Kim Morrison's. So Brian Horton came in. Um how how did it go with Brian then? Because he obviously changed. I think from when I remember when he came in, he said he was going to try and change a bit. Um, and you, you, uh, Pat's taking a big swig there, getting ready. But, um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll throw this in for free, Pat. Cosy, you were not a big fan of Brian Orton's at all, were you? No, neither were Dunny, mate. Uh, and we were not misquoting because obviously we did this with him. But no, I kind of felt where we were on a roll and we were kind of we could beat anyone, kind of thing. And yeah, all right, we were going to another division. But to me, it was almost like. You know, respect the opposition. You know, we can. I remember going to Oldham, we got absolutely bad that first game. I thought, wow, this is, you know, this is not good. We took about 4,000 there. And I just, I just felt all the members of staff were like, Brian Orton knew best because he'd managed in the division above. And he was almost like a bit like Peter Taylor, maybe Pat, just, yeah. I know, Dick, well, I know best. You listen to me. And I just, I couldn't believe in the guy, mate. And he kind of come on. To be fair, I think we did all right that season, mate. I, yeah. Mate, didn't we? Yeah, didn't we? But, but we did okay. I think we finished in the top, the top, top 10, was that something? We were, yeah, gone for me then. And yeah, I, I, want, I didn't enjoy it really. Yeah. I, I, I never really got on with Brian, to be honest with you. I never really got on with him. And, 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 and I mean, look, I think everyone, you know, I think, what, what way would you put it? I think, look, I, I mean, I, I've no problem with managers wanting to do things differently and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's their right, you know. But I think some of the comments he made, some of the things that he said about certain people and stuff for like that, I think was a bit disrespectful. I think, I don't know whether him, I don't know whether, he, he, you know, maybe him and Neil had some kind of problem in in, in their background or something like that or whatever, like, but I think he was a little bit disrespectful um, on, on some, on certain occasions and certainly the way he would speak to people and stuff for like that and all. So, you know, as I said, look, you know, I kind of knew I wasn't going to be, uh, I definitely wasn't his type of player, like, you know, and as I said, look, we, we didn't really have, um, that could have a relationship. I said, look, I, that's what I said. I, I don't mind, you know, the likes, of, the likes of Neil coming in and calling you soft and shit and whatever, and you know, having a go at you and saying that this, that, and did it and stuff for that. Like, you know, that that never really bothered me. That you know, and, and and again, he was very honest and very straight and and to the point, like and stuff for that. Whereas, like, I thought some of the remarks that that Brian made to some of the boys, I thought was was pretty poor. Like, you know, it's pretty poor. I, I, I've got a few arguments with him and stuff for that now. But as I said, look, that's football. I mean, look, I think he wanted to do it a different way. Um, and I think he kind of broke that team up. Um, whatever, I think whatever in a year and a half or so, I think whatever, most of the, most of the, most of those boys, I think we're all gone. Like, you know, I mean, you can understand beauty, <clears throat> you know, obviously, because there's a lot of money involved in that, like, you know, but I thought letting, letting, letting Jeff go and stuff for that was probably a mistake. Um, but I mean, again, that's, you have to, you, you have, I think you always have to respect managers have their own ideas, they have their own way of doing things. And as I said, I, I think, but I think he made it very clear um, that, you know, he wasn't going to, 
you know, be going be going the same road as what we had what, what we had gone before, like you know. And that's, a, I mean, I think that's I suppose look, that's that's a natural thing. I just thought we had we had good momentum, and you know, I think if he'd have come in and done it a bit more patient, maybe it would have walked a little bit better, like you know. But as I said, look, that's football. That's the way it goes, you know. And, and as I said, uh, you know, I had uh, I had my few little few storms with him and stuff like that. But that, that that's there's no problem, like you know. As I said, that's he wants to do it that way, and that's that's his choice. I'm trying to say that I'm going to w- try and word this carefully here so I don't sound disrespectful as well. But <laughs> you played 25 games that season, an uh, important part of a team that finished eighth in the, ch- yeah. you know, in the second tier. Yeah. Um, you were a good defender you know, at that level. Um, so yeah. it came as a surprise, <clears throat> really, when you decided to go back to Ireland and play for, was it Shelbourne that you moved to? Yeah, I did, um, yeah. The, as, you know, we, we tend to look at, you know, in England maybe we're a little bit arrogant and we tend to look at, the English league is not not always the pinnacle, but up there as one of the best. And then, and yeah. you you were we we all thought you were a good defender. And then you moved back to yeah. Ireland in the prime of your life. Um, yeah. What was the reasoning behind? I'm going to stop talking now because I'm going to dig in a hole. But uh, no, what no, was no, the no, reasoning no. for doing so? No, you're right. I mean, look, the, the thing is, like, it is the pinnacle. Like, you know, to, to go over and play England in England and, and full time football is, is is what all that's. I said you count yourself lucky. That you, you know, well, I certainly count myself lucky that I was able to go over and experience what I experienced over there and played in, in, in full time in football leagues and stuff. And I know, do you know what? I just, um, what would you say? I kind of, um, as I said, that season, as I said, I, I, you know, I was used to playing 40, you know, plus games or whatever. I know I'd always get the odd suspension or something like that. I wouldn't, I didn't get injured very often, even at South End, you know. And as I said, look, you want to play, like, you know, and start when you drop down to then 20 odd games. You know, I knew I knew it wasn't going to work out, and there was a couple of couple of clubs came in for me um, about six months before my contract was up. But <clears throat> I kind of, you know, I was kind of looking at it in the, in the rec that the the Bosman ruling came out that year, um, and I have to say that was that was uh, that was one that was one occasion when I, I I took a bit of joy from having a conversation with Brian because the the Bosman ruling came out, and as I said, I, I had a good friend of mine who worked in the in the, the PFAI and stuff for that. And, he just said to me, he said, look, you know, it's up to you if you want to do, but he said, if you're thinking of going back home, he says, you'll, you'll go for free. Like, he said, if that Bosman comes through, he said, that, he said, they won't, you won't have any, there won't be any tag around that, you know? And I kind of, as much as I, <clears throat> as much as I really enjoyed the 12 years I had in England, I always wanted to settle back home in Ireland. I was always going to come back home. Um, so I just thought when, once that Bosman thing came in, <clears throat> you know, I just thought to myself, look, I'm going to have a look. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't move in the transfer window. There was a couple of clubs again interested. And I thought, I said, look, I'm going to wait till the summer, and I'm going to have a look and see <clears throat> what's out there, like you know, and see if it's an option I'd like to explore, like you know. So I came back home, and that's I said. The conversation I had with, with Brian was that he basically said, <clears throat> he just said to me, he said, well, he said, don't think, you know, that you're going to be leaving this club for nothing. He said, you know, we want that money back, whatever they paid, 120 grand. And I look, I understand that as well. You know, manager obviously wants to get a few quid, and if he can, to go and sign somebody else, like you know, that's fine, like you know. But uh, I just said to him, I said, no, I said, look, once the Bosman comes in, in in the next week or so, I said, I'll be going. If I do go back home, I'll be going for free. Like, and he went, no, you won't. I said, I will. I said, I've checked it out. I said, you'll have to check it out yourself. I said, but I'll be going for nothing. And uh, he just said, oh, we'll see about that or something. And I said, yeah, mate, no problem. Like, you know. But uh, I went back home and I said, spoke to a couple of the clubs. And, you know, um, uh, you know, I kind of just thought, you know, I, I, I had 12 years away because I left when I was 15. And I just kind of wanted to go back home and kind of settle and kind of get more of a settled lifestyle back home, like you know. And again, I said that that worked out great, like you know. But I, uh, <clears throat> there was a, a great story 
my 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 gran used to live with, with, with my mum and dad with my parents and she was like 85 86 great character now but real funny and i'd gone home and brian said to me look we'll keep in touch because he was still kind of hanging about money and stuff for that so in between i'm i was i was having something to eat on a, on a friday night this was and just talking to me grand chatting away to her all dressed up as so i'm going out i'm gonna have a few drinks gonna have enjoy myself so for the whole weekend, I don't know why, I just kept missing her. You know, I, I came back home, obviously, the, the, the next morning, wherever I got changed, went out with the mates and stuff for that. Sunday, the same thing and stuff for that and all. So, <clears throat> Monday morning, I had stayed over in me, in me wife, and now, we, now my wife's house. And Brian Horton rang my house. And, of course, my granny gets up and answers the phone at 86. So he goes, hello, this is Brian Horton, manager of Huddersfield Town. And my granny, she's gone, yeah, hello, how are you? Are you okay? Are you keeping well? He's gone, he's gone, yeah. And he goes, I'd like to speak to Patrick. And my granny turns around, she went, oh, no. Should... Patrick's been drinking all weekend. Should I see him on Friday? And I literally haven't seen him since. He's probably in a pub somewhere now, having a few Guinnesses. But when he comes back home, eventually, I'll tell him you rang. <laughs> I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, I could only imagine him on the other end of the phone. <laughs> But I mean, look, that's that's as I said, that it was it was it was a good move for me in the end because I said I could, I could go for free. Um, and Shelbourne was a good football club, and I remained full time as well because they were just starting to get the full time football into that now. So, you know, it, it was it was it was it's obviously look, it's not the same standard, you know. And I know people over here were going to say, but it's not, you know what I mean. But uh, it was still a good standard, and I enjoyed playing. And, and the plus of it was that I got to play in Europe. Mm. Um, you know, when we won the league and stuff like that, we played the Champions League, which is which is something I, I obviously didn't play at a high enough level to to do in England, you know. So that was that was very enjoyable. Mm. So obviously definitely perks and I, I think everyone could understand the reasons for, for going back home. And I think you played against Rangers, did you? I think uh... Yeah, we played against Rangers, yeah. We were three up at one stage. We were three and up. They came back and beat us five three, I think, at the end, like you know. But they were good nights, the European nights were great, like you know, really, really great experience, like you know. So you were you won the Irish player of the year? As well, and the league at Shelbourne. Um, so you've yeah. you've done pretty well. Um, well, very well, even you know. So you, you don't get much better than being the best player in the league. Uh, and then you moved into management as well. And I, I looked at your management record, and it's it's pretty good actually. You know, it's it's really, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, you won a couple of leagues. I'm just wondering, did you take anything from the likes of Neil Warnock and, and take that into your own sort of management style, or were you just completely unique in what you did? No, we would have took definitely would have think, took uh, took a lot of things from Neil. Definitely would have took a lot of things from other managers. So we, you know, even even Barry Froy, little things, you know, and David Webb, who we had, who was manager at Southend. Um, I, I just, I have to say, I enjoyed the football side. I enjoyed the the coaching side and the results side of the of, of, of the management. But I have to say, I that's to say, I, I I prefer people to be honest and be upfront and be straight. And I think that that's probably gone in football a little bit now. I think. Um, as you said, I think someone said at the start there, it's not so much a team game now, it's more about the individual. And I think in modern football now, you have to lie. I think, you know, I think you have to kind of tell people, you know, you got to lead them a little bit of a story and stuff like that. And I never really liked doing that. And to be honest, that's that's probably why, although I did I did do good jobs in when I was in management, but I did get myself into a couple of little situations and problems, probably from being just probably from just being too honest, you know. But as I said, look. The way I look at it is that's the way I've always kind of wanted to be. Like, and uh, as I said, I had a good career from 15 to 42 in football, um, a sport that I love. So, you know, I had great times, great memories. We're, we're, we're having this chat now and stuff for that, which is great to, to look back over. And 
as I said, I just thought I didn't want to be that person. You know, I thought if, that, if that's what it takes to be in football, I didn't want to start being like that. So I thought to myself, look, that's not that's not me. It's never been me, and I don't want to be like that. So that's why I decided to to step away and retire. Like you know, I think that's fair enough, isn't it? Um, good answer. <laughs> yeah. Good. 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 Um, <laughs> I just wonder what you know. You gave a little bit of an insight, so we're sort of heading towards wrapping up now. Um, if you like as well. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts on um, the modern centre-back is like, you know, because everything's yeah. very much uh, tailored now towards playing from the back. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, I'm not sure if you could play out from the back because we used to be, <laughs> we, we used to, like you say, yeah. Neil Warnock didn't really, you know, didn't have your number yeah. six drop in between two centre-backs and stuff. It, you know, like I say, it wasn't, it was decent football, but like you say, you played in the right in area. certain areas, yeah. Um, what, what's your take and how do you think you would have fit into like 2021 as a, you know, a, a young up and coming centre back. Um, I probably wouldn't have, to be honest with you. I don't think that's a. I don't think that that type of game. I mean, look, that's a. I think when you look, you, you look at the goalkeepers now. You know, and it's become so important yeah. for them to be able to play out from the back. Um, and I think that's the same as centre halves. They're kind of looking for for defenders now to build the play from the back and stuff for that. And that really wasn't one of my strengths. You know, but again, as I said, look, I was I was brought up um, in in very much a culture where you know, that's you were a defender and, and basically the way you built your game was, you know, to not make mistakes. You know, even the guy always used to think, you know, I didn't like me making mistakes. So I walk in and, you know, a manager would say to you, you know, you, you, were, you didn't play well. <clears throat> but for me, if you can say, look, well, it didn't cost you a goal. It didn't make a mistake. And that's where I built my kind of game around, not making mistakes, making sure I was solid. You know, I think Neil used to say, look, you were always, I was always a six or seven out of ten every week. Do you know what I mean? Not outstanding. Do you know what I mean? You know, but would always be very steady and always be, be very um, you know, well organized. And and once, as I said, once we weren't conceding goals, and that that was as far as I was concerned, that was my job. Like, but it's a different, it's a different area where players are brought up now, yeah. playing out from the back. They're much more used to it, playing out from the back to get coached to do it. So obviously, it's it's a little bit more easier for them, you know. But as I said, look, that's that's football. It moves on, doesn't it? I mean, look, I think the thing is, <clears throat> everyone does it now. You know, everybody does. Every team plays out from the back. Like, you know, no one plays that way anymore. It's almost as if it's gone, you even, know. Even so, Middlesbrough and Daniel Warnock play out as well, don't they, as well? So Yeah, exactly. He's changed. But that's what I'm saying. I think, that's what I said, it's interesting even when, when you talk to when I was talking to Neil, you know, you have to change, don't you? You have to adapt and you have to change. And I think he obviously changed a lot, like, you know, from, from, uh, from when he was with us. You know, to where uh, to where he is now, playing, you know, managing at, at, at the Premier League level and stuff like that. And I think you've got to be so careful how you treat those players. Like I don't think he could probably do and say some of the things that he said yeah. to us. Like you know, I don't think you get away with that now. You know, players just aren't. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they no, don't like skin, that. Are they? Um, exactly. No, but I, I think that's that's society, isn't it? I think kids are rare now. You know, where they're, they're basically smothered with affection and they, they, everything's done for them. They get picked up and drove in there, drove here, drove there. And, you know, that's that's the way the world is now. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm the same with my kids. I do the exact same thing, you know. So, you know, that that, that thing went away where I was brought up, where you'd go to games yourself or you'd go off to train by yourself and you'd walk up to the training ground, stuff like that. That's, you know, that gives you a, a, a confidence that you can go out into the world and, and, and look after yourself. But now it's, 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 as I said, look, it's a different world completely now. Do you think they've lost a little bit? Because I think centre backs in particular, there's usually a you'll probably say a dearth of of really top centre backs. You know, you Tony Adams as you you don't really like you say you don't make them like that anymore. But do you think they've maybe lost a little bit? Like 
what you were good at, you know, sort of getting in front of people and defending and knowing how to defend and using your body. Do you think it's maybe, like I say, it's moved on? Do you think they've maybe lost a bit of that? Oh, definitely. I don't think, I don't think, that's what I said. I don't think you'll have a centre half. I mean, look, not so much me, but definitely Tony Adams was a, was an outstanding centre half. And when you think back to the, the abuse that he got about Donkey, that he couldn't, yeah, yeah. he couldn't play football and stuff and that, but he was, he was a fabulous defender, fabulous defender. And I think he could have changed a little bit when he got older in his career and stuff like that, that he, he did play out from the back a little bit better and stuff like that. But you, I don't think you'll get another Tony Adams or a John Terry of that type of leader, strong, out-and-out defender, you know, really, really tough. That's I said, I think it's more important that they're that they they, they, they they're good on the ball and they're, they're adaptable on the ball and that they're quick. You know, I think they, they like, you see a lot of defenders now sent the halves who are really, really quick, but they're not good defenders in the box. You know, they, they lose they lose areas and lose players and stuff like that. But they have pace and that's, that's a big a big thing of it now, especially at the top level, like, you know. So I definitely wouldn't have played. <laughs> Talk yourself over career there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think you would. Um, who would you say the best player you played against was when you were over in the uh, over in England? Played against? Yeah. Um, Glenn Hoddle, <clears throat> when he played at Swindon. He was magnificent when he when uh, I think that that wasn't again that, that wasn't that was at South End. Um, when when he was uh, the sweeper, he played as a yeah, sweeper. Yeah, yeah, but he would come in. He would come into midfield and stuff for like that. He was just he was unbelievable, and he was like twenty eight or something. I think he yeah, was. Okay. I think he was twenty or something around that. Definitely around that mark. But definitely in that in 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 that level, he just every time we played against him, we just couldn't get near him. Like, you know, we literally ran the game like you know, fabulous fabulous footballer. You know, wonderful footballer. Brilliant. Um, I'm out of questions. I'll come to my Ian Dunn thing at the end. But Phil, have you got anything that you've you want to ask Pat? Uh, to be fair, I mean, it's been great to listen to because it's it, everything he's really spoken about is, is everything I wanted to ask. You know, that just like I say, the whole team spirit, you know, from the videos always looks so fantastic. Um, Neil Warnock, obviously, your insight into him was was great. I mean, I, I, I remember training with Franny um, when I were only 13, so I was really lucky to do it. And, yeah. you know, he, he was probably one of my biggest questions I'd ask you in terms of what it was like as a keeper but it, it, you know it was great and probably just a, 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 like I say we've mentioned before but like a thank you really because that era for me was just amazing that that kind of cemented you know my kind of love of what I feel that, that first season slash the season just as we left Leeds Road it was um, it was just a, such a good time and and I feel like just telling you how fortunate you are really to play at Leeds Road again I say this every time don't I I yeah. just wanted to play at Leeds Road that's all I wanted to do <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, not, not really. No, I just think you like you, you've you know the, the it's been a great interview. Really, you've, you've given us a real insight into into what it was like back then. To be honest, well, it's, to be fair, it's even more enjoyable for me. Do you know what I mean? Not, not as I said, look, it's yeah. great to, to speak to the to, to, to supporters and that stuff for that now. But it's lovely to actually look back and go back all through it again and stuff for that because yeah. you know it was it was and I'm not just saying that it was just a wonderful couple of years. You know, I had such a good time. You know, and as I said, you know, it's it's great when you can enjoy your football. You know, thankfully the team was successful and achieved all the goals <clears throat> that we wanted to achieve, but also that we had such fun, such good crack. You know, brilliant set of lads, great town, brilliant town to live in. You know, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. And as I said, it was great to have a trip down memory lane. How good were um, Dave Wilson? Oh. Because he was, I, he was like a magician. I remember when I got injured when I when I was young, and, and I, I think I'd done my ankle or something, and, and he had like a massive mattress against the the, the door of the, the physio room, and he was like, right, just kick that, 
That's Dave, all right. That's Dave, all yeah. right. He was so centric, wasn't he? God bless him. Yeah. God rest his heart. He was. He was just. I loved him. I have to say, I got a great room at Arsenal, um, and he was just brilliant. You know, he looked after me brilliantly. Like you know, he's just a lovely, lovely man. I was. I was so sad to hear that he passed away. Like you know, so sad, but. And did you have, uh, have with Brian and Jean working at Leeds Road? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember them. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, memories that good. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Lovely people. I have to say, everyone. That's I said. That wasn't. It was lovely, lovely people. Cause I've, I was just saying, I've I've got one thing left at the end. But have you got anything that you want to ask Pat that we've maybe not covered? Oh, I just want to say thanks, Pat. I think one thing that really interests me because I watch a lot of sport and stuff. I used to always think that. If you had the best players, that's all that mattered. And <laughs> and I'm sure you can point to one or two Galactico teams or what have you. But I remember when like Real Madrid signed all the Galacticos, they didn't they didn't win a lot, to be honest, Pat. They won one league in four and they were pretty pants. But I think when I look at ours, it's like the things that you said tonight, it's like you knew we were gonna do it. Kind mm-hmm. of that team spirit. Where I think we've lost as where the last few seasons we've been we we went up with kind of probably maybe a similar spirit with uh, yeah. David Wagner, but <clears throat> lost us. We're having to rebuild. We're having to turf guys out who not Bristol yeah. Town guys. It's it, once you've lost that what yeah. you had, it's so hard to get it back. And that's yeah. the thing I'll take away from that. I suppose it's like any it doesn't matter whether it's football, cricket, even office work, what have you. If you've got that group that are willing to do anything, it's yeah. like you were saying there, Neil Warnock managed you beautifully, and that as well. When you think kind of some managers other players yeah. or even in, in other jobs where people don't get me or they don't understand me. You, he, honestly, there's some things that just ring true and all yeah. right, 26 years ago, mate, but the values that in that yeah. squad and what you've told us tonight, mate, we want them back at Huddersfield Town because if you've got that core, that yeah. base, mate, you can do anything, can't you, with some skillful players on top of that. But that's so, so, it's so hard to get, isn't it? You know, I don't know how you bought, how, I don't know, I suppose Neil will probably answer that better, like, you know, how you bring people together. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with the type of people they are, and and definitely as I, I, that's a, I, I just think that team and Neil reflected the town, and I think that's that's why the connection was so strong because it was just a real down to earth, honest group of lads, you know, who had no airs and graces and just went out and worked really, really hard. And uh, look, it's lovely memories to think back of, isn't it? Lovely memories. Pat, you've got a you've got a fifty fifty at middle of the pitch, right? And you and Bully are going to. <laughs> You and Bully are going towards ball. Who comes off worse, you or him? I love Bully. We both would have stepped out of the way. I would have to say, I love Darren. I love Darren. I got on great with him. As I said, we used to go out. We used to go out a lot. Darren, lovely, lovely lad. And I have to say, what a player. You know, what a player. He he improved so much. You know, really, really improved. Like you know, and it was great. That's I said when we had that reunion a few years ago. It was brilliant to come over and and meet all the boys again and stuff for that. night. we had a great night that night. It was a brilliant night. <clears throat> but it was great to see the likes of Bully. And the only that's is I was disappointed Gary Clayton wasn't there. Um, I think he was away. But it was brilliant to see all the lads again. Like you know, but I said Bully was he was wild. Like you know, but he, he great heart. You know, lovely lad. He really good heart. <coughs> he loved his football. And that's I mean I think to be fair, Darren. That's what I said. Came from a working class background, and you know was just so delighted just to to, to to play football. You know, and I think that's we were all just delighted that we that that was a career we were playing football and. You know, we we uh, we were pleased that we got the opportunity to do it. Like at such a good club, and, and again, as I said, the most important thing is to be successful and and do what you set out to do. It's great. You can't do any more than that. Pat, I want to say thank you for representing our club uh, in the way that you did. That 
like Phil says, that 94-95 team are my childhood heroes, you know, so it's an an absolute thrill to be able to speak to the likes of you. And um, like I said beforehand, I did drop a message to Ian Dunn as well, who who goes out of his way so much, you know, to to help us on this podcast and stuff. And like I said at the start, I did speak to Donny and I said, could you give me some stories or maybe some dirt on Pat Scully? What have you got? What have you got for me? And the response from Dunny was this. He said, oh, heck. Pat was a gen. I don't think he'd mind me reading this out. I hope he doesn't. But Pat was a genuinely fantastic person, humble, friendly, and helpful. A really good bloke. Definitely no dirt on him at all. I'd yeah. maybe remind him of the night of the Wembley trip. He has a real musical talent and started okay. singing a load of Irish songs, Wild Rover, etc. I think he played the guitar <laughs> or piano as well. I can't quite remember the full detail. He certainly made sure it was a party to remember. And yeah. one thing that we do on this podcast, uh, Cosy there. We, we have a little thing called Cozzy Rioki, uh, whereby Cozzy sometimes <laughs> sings well, that badly. Like, we have to get me singing, mate, to try and get viewers and cheer everyone up. <laughs> well, I was wondering if Pat wanted to give us a rendition of, of Wild Rover, if he's got a guitar anywhere nearby. And... I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I will, what I will do. I, <clears throat> I don't think my voice would get me through the whole song. I'll, <laughs> sing, I'll sing the verse and I'll sing the end. Is that okay? That's perfect. And I'll, that's, I said, I'll, I'll, especially for, for Neil... For all the players and all the boys, as you said, that, that United Four and all the supporters. And that's we won we one regret was I never got a chance to say goodbye because I left so quickly um, from Huddersfield at that time. But I know you're saying about it's great to talk, but fantastic for me to relive all those memories. And as I said, I loved it at the club and I wish you all the best and I hope it goes from strength to strength. This will be a good way to finish. The guitar playing now, I haven't played in a long, long time. You ready? And it's no, nay, never. Drink up your beer, no, nay, never, no more. Will I play the wild rover? No, never, no more. This is for Neil. One more time, and it's no, nay, never. Drink up your beer, no, nay, never, no more. Will I play the wild rover? No, never, no more. <laughs> brilliant, excellent. Hey, mate. Pat Scully, yeah, you've been brilliant. That's a good ending, isn't it? Well, legend. Hey, you, won't get an end, you won't get an ending like that very often. <laughs> brilliant, Pat. Thank you very much for coming on. No problem, guys. Pleasure. You take care of yourself, okay? There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? 
And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory So town play up And bring that car back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the car Back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 